0: to the Pope on Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is...
1: I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood. Actual thing, worth a Google. This is episode 411 of the podcast. Yes, yes, the little Lebowski Urban Achievers, and proud we are of all of that. I have a very... I accidentally have a very big podcast, so I'm just going to try and rip through it like that fast talking guy you saw in all the commercials in the 80s. Yes. Uh, surprisingly, not a big shap, but a big everything else. I started writing a, a wrestling news, and it just exploded because so much is happening right now. We're also going to be talking about uh, the 2013 Turkish political uh, scandal. We're going to be talking about dominoes being pissed. We're going to be talking about a medieval Arthurian poem. We're going to be talking about Jack Tripper. We're, and we're going to be... And I've got a game for the movie. This week's movie... Okay. Alone in the Dark, number 19 on IMDb's list of the 100 worst films of all time, and I've got a movie to go with it, and I'm really excited about that, so a big, huge show, let's get to it. Yes! This is week nine of our summer-long Summer of Bottoming, where we... We are spending all summer doing deep dives into films that are on IMDB's bottom 100 list of the 100 worst films of all time. It has been a whole summer of hideous fucking shit. I thought that it would be fun, but no, it has been a, a torturous. It has been difficult. It has been an uphill battle, and oh my god. How, uh, how would you say compares
0: to our summer of Star Wars. I would say this is worse.
1: Yes. Because at least uh, we had Han Solo for a good portion of those films. Han Solo and Samuel L. Jackson. I didn't see True. Waddle in Swept Away. Yeah. So, uh, but, but it's close. Because it? it's like a lot of Star Wars movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but uh, Battlefield Earth was at least fun last week. Being an alien whiplash, but what we do here in one of is spend a little bit of time discussing one of the films on the list that we will not be doing because we can't do all one hundred, and so. This week, we will be discussing a Turkish film that's in the top ten that is surprisingly not a Recep Ivedik movie. because There's two Turkish films on here. Probably more, but those are the two. Hey, Recep we, we Ivedik got
0: a lot of fucking listens.
1: Oh, yeah, it, well, it, it, it's not often that you see uh, two Americans talking about and in this country, obscure Turkish film, you know? Yes. So if you're Turkish, seeing two uh, uh, sinful leftists in America talking about Recep Ivedek, I imagine that's that's a pretty big draw, you know? Yeah. Anywho, uh, the film in question is the 2015 Turkish propaganda film called Code name K O Z, which is in the IMDb bottom one hundred list. This film is number four. Really? That's a big deal. The number four worst film of all time. The fucking coffee machine always has to beep while I'm recording anything. So in order to explain what this week's what this movie is codename KOZ, we need to get a bit deep into Turkish politics here to fully understand what this movie is so just buckle up. okay so there's a conservative party in Turkey and they're called the AKP or the AK party and they've been in power pretty much since 2003. They're a far right ultra-conservative group that want to go back to the old days where men were men and women could be smacked. And so in 2013, there was a huge, uh, big-time corruption scandal where 91 people connected with the AK party were arrested on charges relating to bribery, fraud, corruption, money laundering, and gold smuggling? Who are you? Cylons? Yes. That's a Battlefield Earth joke. I can say that now, because we did Battlefield Earth. And so, uh, in response to 91 members of the AK party being arrested, the AK party decreed that all police officers who were not 100% loyal to the political party would be fired. And so they purged the police force of hundreds and hundreds of police officers who weren't 100% on board with the AK party. Uh, Yeah, so the political party in power fired hundreds of police officers for the crime of arresting corrupt government officials. So, the Prime Minister's excuse for, for this scandal should sound fucking familiar, okay?
2: okay. And be,
1: to be clear, this is 2013. 2013. So, Prime Minister, Prime Minister Aridon said, basically... So a lot of you have a lot of questions about the corruption scandal, so let me explain. There is no corruption scandal. There never was. And these arrests are not arrests because we did something bad, but these arrests are actually a sinister plot by a secret cabal of leftists who are against the Eridan government and they have been here since the last party was in power. But instead of quitting, when the, when the AK party came in, they embedded themselves deeply, secretly, within the government. And they have been trying to take down uh, us from within. I guess you could call it a deep state, if you will. Yes. And these... Deep state leftists have been taking us down from within. And so the movie, Codename KOZ, is a government-made propaganda film about the corruption scandal from the point of view of the corrupt Eridon government. And it's a real all-signs-point-to-yes thing that Donald Trump saw the success of this ridiculous spin in Turkey, and rode it all the way to the motherfucking White House. Yes.
3: So,
1: so Donald Trump is such a fucking uh, con artist that he didn't even come up with the deep state. No. He fucking stole that from Turkey. Like, what the fuck? In Turkey, they didn't call it a deep state. They called it the parallel state. And code of- name K-O-Z. That was...
0: What'd you say? You're you breaking you up an awful lot.
1: Uh, yeah, it sucks. I'm trying my best here.
0: Okay. Uh, That's all we can ever ask.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Uh, so...
1: So anywho, the movie came out in 2015. It's got horrible editing and robotic acting and a laughably bad script. It's a real piece of shit movie. This is why governments don't make fucking films, okay? But almost every Turkish cinema throughout the entire nation showed it because although no government official said it, it was generally understood that for every movie theater, showing Codename KOZ was mandatory. Yeah. But so many people refused to go see the film, so much so that after a few days, most cinemas just showed it for free, and still nobody came to see the film. But it is very much likely that Donald Trump stole the idea of the deep state from Turkey. So don't be surprised if two... Two or three years from now, Donald Trump premieres his new film. Kevin Sorbo, John Voight, and Chachi star in Codename Deep State. Yes. An all-new film written and directed by Donald Trump. So don't be surprised if that happens, is what I'm saying. Because he didn't even, he didn't even come up with the idea of the Deep State. He stole that.
0: Oh, Fucking crazy is that. Well, they, Isn't that they're insane. They're buddies, you know. They power yeah. around, you know. Donald Trump likes the dictators. We know this, and you know he, he had yeah. absolutely nothing to say when Erdogan came over to this over to this country, and his his guards beat up a bunch of American citizen Turkish protesters. That was yes, cool. I
1: remember that. Oh my God, I remember that. Uh, so, also, uh, if you're watching this on Twitch, hi, how are you doing? And also, uh, for two hours and four minutes, you still have time to vote on what movie we do next on the podcast.
0: Yes. We've got three a- movies. Let's get a look at that.
1: Okay, we've got three movies on the docket Son of the Mask. The Hottie and the Naughty, thats a Paris Hilton film—and oh. Pandemic Shock and Terror. Of course, I'm a—I'm a little bit biased, but I voted for <coughs> Pandemic Terror. I, I love that film so much, and I just want to spend the entire episode singing, hanging out with my family. But well- let. Consulting I,
0: I voted for Son of the Mask last week, <sighs> so I don't think I could really do it again. Yeah. And everything in my soul will not allow me to vote for a movie that has Paris Hilton in it. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's Repo. Yeah. So I gotta go Birdemic. Unless I gotta it's go repo. Birdemic yeah. on this one. Here I go Cast in my bird demo vote. Oh, my God, it's up
1: to 50%. Nice. So,
0: uh... I think I know what we're watching.
1: (laughs) I was rooting for the son of the mask only because I wanted to talk at length about Jamie Kennedy and how he was tricked into appearing in a far-right anti-abortion propaganda film. But, uh... I will abide by whatever the fan base chooses. But I will say this it's August now, and we're really, we're getting to, we're near the end game here because Son of the Mask is number 10 on the list. The Hottie and the Naughty is number seven, and Brdenic is number six. So we're really getting close to the end. Yes. Dangerously close to the end of, uh, of this. And after this, just FYI, after this, we're gonna take it easy breezy for a while because we deserve it.
0: Oh, you fuck know, yeah. We've
1: had such a rough time that we're just gonna have some fun. Maybe we'll watch fucking Jungle Cruise. That was kind of fun. Maybe we'll discuss Summer of Soul. That was fucking wonderful. Summer of Soul was awesome. Uh, there's a documentary about Val Kilmer that I really want to watch. Apparently. Is that it's, it's a, yeah, it, it's it, it's available on Amazon Prime. But yeah, Val Kilmer uh, always had a, uh, a camcorder with him at all times. And he filmed behind the scenes of basically everything he ever did. Yeah. And so they've combined that into a, what's supposed to be a really amazing documentary. Uh, but you know what? The first movie we do... When we're done with the summer of bottoming, we're gonna do the suicide squad. Okay. It has been a difficult it has been a difficult weekend for me because I have a super high definition copy, a movie theater quality of this film on my computer and on my PlayStation 4, ready to watch, but I haven't watched it because I have tickets to go see it tomorrow. Yes. It's been difficult. Not to watch this James Gunn film. You have no idea how difficult it has been. But, yeah, we're definitely doing that once we're done with this summer. This summer has absolutely sucked, so I'll be happy to to do something else. So that's it for our Act 1 deep dive into one of the... Um, IMDb bottom 100 films that we will not be doing. I really wanted to do Codename KOZ, but for the life of me, I can't find a sub or a dub anywhere. So... And I'm done with watching Turkish movies without subtitles. Uh, Turkish uh, Spider-Man, Turkish Star Wars, Turkish fucking Superman. I'm done. Yeah. So... Unless I can find Recep Evadeek with dubs or subs, there's no chance. There's just no chance. So, uh, yeah, join us next week. Next week, we have something special. We will not be discussing one of the movies from the... (laughs) We will be discussing next week one of the movies from the list that we will not be doing. Next week, we will be discussing all of the films from the IMDb Bottom 100 that we've already done on the podcast. Okay, a recap. There are nine, no, no, not a recap, movies that we have done on the podcast before this summer.
0: Oh, okay.
1: There are nine movies on the IMDb Bottom 100 that we've already done. So that's why I kind of wanted to do Cats again, but we didn't do Cats because we already did two episodes on Cats. We did Yes,
0: we did uh, two episodes, episodes yes. on
1: Cats and it was worth it because it's amazing. Skimble. Where's Skimble? So so, join us next week. We're going to do a fun uh, look back at some of the bad movies we've already done. So join us next week and cut on that segment. Hey! Yes. I don't watch too much professional wrestling these days, uh, but I do like to keep an eye on the behind-the-scenes aspect of wrestling because oftentimes it's just as entertaining, if not more so, than McMahon's boring 50-50 booking. And Raw is three hours. It's still three hours long. Yeah. What the fuck? And then SmackDown's two hours. And so if you want to be a wrestling fan, you have to commit. If you want to be a WWE fan, you have to commit at least five hours of every week. I don't have that kind of fucking time. No. Shit. So it's time once again for the Pope on Film Wrestling News. And okay, there's a lot. So, the last time that we did the Pope on Film Wrestling News, we were discussing the mass firings that the WWE was doing. And we discussed how some people have been speculating that perhaps the WWE was trimming all the fat to possibly prepare for a sale. Well, the firings have not stopped. And now, wildly popular former WWE champion Bray Wyatt has been let go. What the fuck, WWE? He was the wildly popular... He was the, uh, the leader of the redneck cult in the WWE, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then... Twisted monster called the Fiend. And I ranted and raved about his amazing Firefly Fun Funhouse match with John Cena at WrestleMania 36. He did a he did a match which was a career retrospective of John Cena's life in some sort of twisted alternate dimension. And it was fucking amazing. And there were puppets. Yeah. And, oh, it was incredible. His fiend character was so wildly over. He was one of the top
3: merchandise
1: sellers for the company. So when the WWE fired him recently over alleged budget cuts, well, that's obviously bullshit. But, yeah, Bray Wyatt was so popular and so over that the fact that he got fired just signals that right now no job is safe in the WWE. Last Friday, during SmackDown, they fired about 12 top-level NXT stars during yeah. the SmackDown show. And every time that they fire people, and they and they fired Braun Strowman. And that's really surprising because the guy's like seven foot three and and just entirely full of muscles. And that's exactly the type of person that Vince McMahon ma- masturbates too. Yes. But it but yeah, they're firing people left and right and every time people get fired, they say the same thing. Oh, well, budget cuts. We're sorry. You know how, how it is. We're going to have to let you go. But a few days after Bray Wyatt was fired, the the WWE had their quarterly investors call and Vince McMahon was ranting and raving about how house- successful a year it's been, how much money they're making. Oh, this is the most money that the WWE has ever made. We're doing great. So, it's not budget cuts at all. It's still unclear as to why everyone's being fucking fired. Also, in the quarterly investors call that just happened, Vince McMahon himself says that he doesn't... AEW All Elite Wrestling as competition. But a few weeks ago, AEW had a hardcore death match on their flagship show, AEW Dynamite. And it was a hardcore death match between Chris Jericho and Nick Gage who we have talked about before on the podcast, Nick Gage was the hardcore bloody wrestler who almost killed David Arquette in a match. Yeah, we talked about him. So AEW was having a match, Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage, and Gage cut Chris Jericho's forehead open with a pizza cutter. Yes.
0: I saw that picture.
1: Yeah, and you know who didn't like that? AEW-sponsored Domino's. And so AEW was all over the news because of Domino's being upset about the pizza cutter incident online. And that made a bunch of headlines. But you know what didn't make a bunch of headlines? Later on that week, when it was learned that Vince McMahon was the one... Passing the Domino's story to the media. (laughs) Oh, Domino's is so upset over AEW. Yeah, that was fucking Vince McMahon trying to start fucking rumors. But, oh, yes, AEW is in competition. (gasps) Oh, fuck off, Vince McMahon. Fuck off. And then, and then, uh, after that story broke, some other footage came out that did not make headlines. But it's someone filmed some grainy phone footage of behind the scenes during a taping of NXT, NXT, which w- which went head to head with AEW in the ratings. Uh, it was it was AEW Dynamite and it was WWE NXT and uh, they, they went head-to-head, and it was called the Wednesday Night Wars. So footage came out behind the scenes of NXT, and you see all of the production TVs, and there's uh, camera one, camera two, camera three, camera four, camera five, camera six, and live footage of AEW Dynamite. So while... WWE is filming NXT. They're also watching the competition. Oh, but AEW is in competition. (laughs) Uh, Fuck off, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is obviously sweating AEW. Case in point, NXT's current champion is an undefeated, powerful, wonderful wrestler, a wrestling juggernaut. His name is Karrion Cross. He's the NXT champion and he's undefeated. I say again, undefeated NXT champion, Karian Cross. So when Karrion Cross premiered on Raw 2 weeks ago, Jeff Hardy beat him with a roll up in about 2 minutes. <laughs>
3: okay.
1: NXT fans were really pissed and were wondering why this happened. Well, you know how I said that NXT and AEW were going head-to-head? Well, uh, AEW won hands down. They They trumped, they decimated NXT in the ratings. And so what happened, allegedly, was that Vince McMahon was so pissed at NXT for losing to AEW in the ratings that Vince decided to punish NXT, got their biggest star, and had him lose to a roll-up as punishment for losing the Wednesday Night Wars to AEW. Oh, but I forgot, AEW is in competition to the WWE. Fuck right off, Vince McMahon. Fuck you. Yeah. Fucking So Vince McMahon is publicly stating that AEW is in competition while privately shitting his depends over AEW. And at the moment, it sure does look like Vince McMahon has every reason to be afraid because reports say and everyone is saying that this is 100%. It's a lock. It is guaranteed. Reports are saying that AEW have officially signed Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. And even if you don't know wrestling, chances are you know those fucking names. Yes. That's a bit ass deal for AEW. And if those reports are true, and again, everyone is saying that it's a 100% lock, then that could very well be a game changer. I personally hope the rumors are true, and CM Punk does appear in AEW on August 20th, because they're doing a show in Chicago that's like sold out. So there's a good chance that CM Punk will be premiering at AEW then. But... I hope that Daniel Bryan shows up there too, and then in October when his non-compete is up, I hope that Bray Wyatt shows up in AEW as well, and then Vince McMahon try, cries, and then I hope that someone collects his tears so that I can drink it, because he's yes. a fucking asshole, and he killed Owen Hart, and he can rot in hell. Yes. A bit harsh. But sometimes the reality is... Yeah, but sometimes reality is a is a harsh mistress. Fuck Vince McMahon, is yes. all I'm saying. And that's it for the Pope on Film Wrestling News. I swear, this is one of the most exciting times, not to be a wrestling fan, but to be paying attention to the world of professional wrestling. Because it's fucking insane right now. It is absolutely <laughs> insane. Not to mention the fact that I have seen pictures of Vince McMahon backstage when he's not going to be on... TV. He looks like a goddamn alien. He looks like a zombie. He looks like the Living Dead. He looks like a ghoul from a, an issue of Tales from the Crypt.
0: Okay.
1: He looks like an undead monster from an EC Comics horror comic book from the forties. Yes. He looks like he could star in uh, a, in The Walking Dead as a zombie. So uh, maybe Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Braun Strowman, and uh, Bray Wyatt can all show up in AEW, and Vince McMahon can have a heart attack. But hey, uh, a girl can dream. Yes. Anywho, that's it for wrestling news. Uh, they'll probably be more soon, because... Shit's happening on a daily basis, and it's crazy. So, cut on that. Rip through
3: this. Yes.
1: I have the AMC A-List membership, and for those of you who don't know, that's a monthly subscription service wherein, for $19.95 a month, I get three free movie tickets a week. And before the pandemic... I managed to see 178 movies in a 66-week period of time, and that is fucking insane. Then the pandemic screwed all of that up, but now I'm back and I'm watching two movies a week because baby steps. So let's talk about some new movies because it's time once again for Steve Stubbs of the Week. Okay. So this is my sixth week back, and now I have seen 12 movies in theaters this time around. Also, I did the math here. I did the math because I I was wondering if I was getting a bang for my buck. So each movie ticket is $8.79. It's only $5 on Tuesdays, but on... Tuesdays, everyone and their grandmother is at the theater, so I don't go on Tuesdays. I go on Mondays and Thursdays, and those tickets are $8.79 right now. So every month, I would spend $70.32 on movies. But instead, I'm spending nineteen ninety five a month. I think that's a pretty good goddamn deal.
2: Hey, A-list. Sponsorship. Plus,
1: I'm, bar- plus, I'm barely spending any money at the snack bar. Yeah. Sometimes I buy a little bit of popcorn, but that's it. So, I think I'm doing pretty darn good here. So, this past week, I saw the following two movies in theaters. The new A24 film, The Green Knight, and the Disney action film, Jungle Cruise. Now, first off, let's discuss the movie that I have not chosen as my movie pick of the week. The Disney action film, Jungle Cruise it's pretty good. It's all right. It's exactly what you think it is. It's fine. The Rock is good in it. His uh, his co-star, the new Mary Poppins, she's great in it. Plus, one major character is fucking gay. Yeah. So, and, and the one thing that I loved about it was that there were a ton of little geeky Disney ride references in it. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Like, there's a bad guy who appears like near the beginning of the film, and I wasn't expecting this, but it's fucking uh, Paul Giamatti. Yes. And it's like, I, didn't, I didn't know fucking Paul Giamatti was in this film, and he has a bird on his shoulder, a parrot that talks, and her name is Rosita, and she's mentioned in the fucking Tiki Room. <laughs> I, may have squealed. I may have squealed when I saw a Tiki Room reference. I think I went, <laughs> I fucking know that. That's the fucking Tiki Room. And I got excited about that. And then um, uh, there were some more. There, there was a tribe of, of uh, natives, and one of them is just like, uh, like, hey, maybe you can help me and I can help you. Hey, Trader Sam, you know, Trader Sam loves to bargain. Come on over and Trader Sam will help you. Trader Sam is a really awesome tiki bar at Disney World. Yeah, And when you order specific drinks, then different things happen throughout the bar. There will be lightning or thunder, or a god will appear and start talking to you, or it'll start raining. Like It's a weird-ass bar that I always wanted to go to, so Trader Sam's was in it. Also, these next two were kind of a stretch, but there are Nazis, and they're in a submarine. And they do have submarine sound effects that are the exact sound effects from the old-timey submarine right at Disneyland. Yeah. And then, at the end, one character is like, "Oh, throughout the entire film, like uh, like Agent Mobius from Loki." I always wanted to ride in an automobile where at the end of the movie, the character finally gets to ride in an automobile and he's driving the automobile and he doesn't know how to drive the automobile and he's driving all over the place. You could say it's a wild ride. It's basically Mr. Toad. This movie is the Avengers Endgame of D-List Disney rides. <laughs> There's probably a bunch more that I didn't even notice, you know, because I'm not that super into Disney, but I really liked it, and uh, I, I understand why they made the movie, because Johnny Depp is toxic, and they can't do any more pirate movies. Yes, yes. They can reboot them with a different person, but it's not going to be the same. They need a different Pirates of the Caribbean movie, so they got The Rock, they got the Jungle Cruise. Okay, here you go. And so this I, a- I,
0: I can kick in here because I have seen this. You know? Oh yeah. And and like I I liked it. It's a completely serviceable movie. You know? Yeah, it, it was fine. It was pretty good, but there was. It, some Fun it
1: parts, uh...
0: dipped more toward the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah, movies absolutely. than the Jumanji movies. And I wasn't such yeah. a big fan of that.
1: I, I understand. This is supposed to be the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie because Johnny Depp is toxic now. Johnny Depp is going fucking insane and, I don't know, hitting Amber Heard with scarves. I don't know because Johnny Depp is 80% scarf. So they needed a different Pirates movie and they just got a different Disney ride and turned it into a Pirates film. And I'm all right with that. I would rather see Jungle Cruise 2 than have to watch Pirates of the Caribbean 2. And I, I think that's a good way to look at it. I would wa- rather watch more of The Rock and Mary Poppins then watch more of Johnny Depp. And I think that that means that The Jungle Cruise is a pretty good movie.
0: But I still find myself every now and then, like, I have to stop, and I'm like, wait, that's the fucking rock in this movie. You know? I, I It's and, one and, of those and, things that like, I, I felt- feel like I will never get over, like I will never get over walking into the marijuana dispensary and being like, I. Yeah. There should be somebody in here beating their child. I mean, that's the marijuana buying experience of my youth. <laughs> you know? Somebody should be up one of in the, here. <laughs> you know? I and see it's the wrong. not. And I I'm see like, the, I am walking into a well lit, clean place and making a purchase. Yeah. Of marijuana in the same way I would make a purchase of a Snickers bar. Yeah. And it's something that I will never get over, and I will never get over The Rock being a goddamn good actor.
1: I, I, I never see him as a wrestler anymore, but I did at one part of this movie because... Uh, Emily Blunt is just sitting there and it's nighttime and The Rock sits down in front of her and he has a guitar. Yeah. And it's like, shit, I remember the last time that Rock was a full-time wrestler and he was a bad guy and so he would do what he called rock concerts yeah. where he would sit in the ring with a guitar and sing songs making fun of the audience and so it's like, oh, this is a wrestling thing. I don't think people are realizing that this is a wrestling thing because The Rock is an action movie star now and not a wrestler. But this is a wrestling reference. Just like in Moana, right before uh, The Rock's character sings his song, his popular song, You're Welcome, one eyebrow raises. Yeah. And it's like, shit, people don't know this anymore because he's just an actor. That's a wrestling reference. One part of the movie that I really liked is when the jaguar or cheetah or tiger or whatever the fuck goes into the bar. And everyone's like, oh, no, this, this animal's going to kill us. And The Rock starts fighting him. And at one point in time, The Rock suplexes the tiger. And I'm like, wait. They're not fighting. They're professional wrestling each other. This is fake. So I called the fact that The Rock and The, the Wild Animal were best friends because they did have The Rock just wrestle in the, in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And it's like, oh, shit, he was doing wrestling moves because that was fake. This was all pre-planned. I thought that that was neat. I feel that there are parts of this film where they do make references to the fact that yeah, this star is a fucking wrestler, and I kind of yeah. like that. It's like the fight scene in *They Live*.
0: Well, I, I mean more like like, uh, but I I feel very proud of The Rock. You know, like I feel I I like like God damn it, you made it, and like for as many wrestlers. Who have tried to be actors, which I think is about equal to the amount of rock stars who have tried to be actors. Yeah, I'm glad to see that he made it. You know. Yeah. And yeah, you kind of knew he would because he took it more seriously than any other actor. And coming out straight yeah. up in Be Cool and being like, I am busting the living shit out of my stereotype with this movie and this movie part. Yeah.
1: The Rock and uh, the guy from Outcast were the two only good films, the, the two only good parts in Be Cool. The entire film was shit, but The Rock as the bodyguard who wants to be who's gay and wants to be a country music singer and then the guy from outcast from the rap group outcast is the one who keeps fucking up in the the group of bad guys and at the end he's like don't give me no gun don't give me no gun, you know how this is going to turn out. Like, those were the only good parts of a really bad movie. I I know how you feel about The Rock, because I remember being really nervous watching Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm like, fucking Batista, I never really liked you as a wrestler, yeah. but now you have a chance to star in a Marvel movie. Please don't fuck this up. Yeah. Please do not fuck this up. And he and and now he's going to be in Dune. He's yeah. going to be in Dune. Like fucking okay, Batista fuck.
0: I, I and I, want, I I must say, I really want Dune to suck. Yes. And I, I, it I like wanted bad. to I I yeah, I, it's I want to see this movie crash. And
1: yeah, it, lo- it doesn't look the best. It doesn't look the
0: best. With all the build-up... And now I had heard, and, like, this really turned me off. I heard Jason Brolin was going to play Duncan Idaho. And I was like, oh, man, that is way, way off the mark. But now I'm hearing yeah. it's Jason Momoa, and that makes a bit more yes. sense.
1: I saw a big long preview for that during, during the week. And I don't know, the, the new trailer that I just saw for the new Dune movie makes it look like they're trying to turn Dune into just a typical action blockbuster, which is not what fucking Dune is. Yeah. So I'm a bit worried about that. But anyway, yeah, Dune. <laughs> fucking, I, I liked the Jungle Cruise. I thought it was cute. I liked it. It was all right. I didn't like the whole oh the ending. Of course, it's a typical generic CGI fest. I don't like that.
0: I, I, I didn't you hate know? it. You know, I didn't hate yeah. it. It's a serviceable movie if it's somebody all right. popped it on, right. I wouldn't have a complaint. You know. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just not you know
1: yeah. I'm not in I love understand. With I
0: understand. I understand. I love yeah. The Rock's corny ass jokes.
1: Yes, I was so happy that they kept the stupid jokes from the Jungle Cruise ride.
0: Yeah. In and the, movie, I the Jungle Cruise. The, I thought they might have been from the ride. Cause he was doing a whole tour yeah. guide thing.
1: I don't like the Jungle Cruise ride, but I like the concept of it, because basically Uh, they go, here's an entire book of jokes that you can do at various parts of the ride, and you can do whichever jokes you want. Yeah. And I like the idea of that. But I don't like the ride. I just, I don't like the ride. So that's why I went into this movie with zero expectations. So that's why I think I liked it. Yeah cuz I wasn't like this part has to be in it and this part has to be in it no it's the fucking jungle cruise who cares so I have an idea for the next Disney movie so this is this is my this is my trailer in a world where everyone walks very very slowly one brave scientist had an idea For a mode of transportation that would move slightly faster. The Rock stars in People Mover, The Ride. Yeah. That's my next Disney film. Mm -hmm. Boom. Call me Disney. Call me maybe. And finally, my Steve Stubbs pick of the week is The Green Knight Holy fucking shit, I love this goddamn movie. Really? Oh, my God. It reminded me of The Lighthouse in that I went to the movie. I think I saw a preview maybe once, but I'm like, I need to watch a movie. I guess I'll watch The Lighthouse. And I'm sitting there going, huh, I I wonder what this movie is going to be about. And then I watched the movie for 15 minutes, and I'm like, I still don't know what this movie's about. And then I'm halfway into the film and I'm like, I'm still confused. And then the movie ends and I'm like, what the fuck was that and when can I see it again? Because I'm kind of in love with this bizarre ass adventure I went on and that was 100%. Uh, the Green Knight, I was profoundly moved by it. It was bizarre and beautiful. And it, I, I hate to say this because it makes me sound like such a pretentious fucking prick. But it, it, it reminded me of Joe Dorowski's Holy Mountain in the sense that you could pause this, get a screenshot of a random scene yeah. And it would look so beautiful that you could put it in a fucking museum. Yeah. There are parts of this film that just look and sound and feel like the most high fucking work of art imaginable. And it was a real adventure for me because I don't know Arthurian legend. No offense, but that always seemed like a white people thing that I never had to yeah. learn, you know? I never had to know about any of that shit, so I don't <coughs> know much of our and legend. Most of what I've learned about our and legend came from Sean Connery and that one... and the Disney's The Sword and the Stone.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and that's fucking it. So, uh, I, I don't know a lot about our and legend. So... I, I did not know what this movie was about. I knew that there was an, an, an old-timey poem called Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, but that's all I knew. I didn't know what the poem was, what it was about, so this whole movie was a fucking roller coaster for yeah. me. The first thing that shocked me is that uh, Sir Gawain, apparently it's pronounced Gawain, and that blew my fucking mind. You mean I've been pronouncing this wrong for 40-odd yeah. years? Yeah, apparently it's Sir Gowan in The Green Knight. Oh, fucking case. Is,
0: is, is he Klingon?
1: I don't fucking know. I do not know. But, oh my god, what a beautiful movie, and I absolutely loved it, and I literally heard a couple walk out of the theater during the credits and say, what the fuck was that? And that is and that is such a rare thing to hear because for most of the movies that exist if you've seen a preview you know everything that is going to happen in 80% of the fucking movie. Yeah. If you saw a preview for Old, you know what Old is about. You know what's going to happen. You have a good sense of who's going to die and it won't be a big fucking shock to you. So I saw the previews for The Green Knight and still saw the film and was still completely blown away. And also it, it strayed greatly. Like once I left I, the theater, I went out and read the original poem because that's how much I was profoundly moved by this work of fine art that i tracked down the poem and i read it and I, and the movie strayed greatly from parts of the poem so even if you know and have studied sir gawain and the green knight this movie will still fucking surprise you yes it's an incredible film and i absolutely loved it and everyone should see it and it's the best I fucking love it. It's right up there with The Lighthouse and Midsommar. Maybe not as much as Midsommar, because that is still the Alpha and Omega of the movies for me. But it's in the ballpark, you know? Cannot recommend it enough. Incredible movie, and I absolutely love it. So that's it for for Steve Stubbs this week. Next week, we will be discussing uh, The Suicide Squad and fucking something else. I don't know. But we'll figure it out next week. So join us next week for up-to-the-date movie reviews with Steve Subs of the Week! And cut on that. Fight! Yes! Okay, we've still got a full podcast to go. We've got Bunny Versus. Uh, where we might have some things to talk about. We have Steve's Historical Approximations, where we're going to be talking at length about Jack fucking Tripper and this week's movie is Yui Bowl's Alone in the Dark, and we're gonna be ripping Yui Bowl a new one. So I guess we should also I guess you and I should start practicing boxing. Yes. Yui Bowl is uh, a piece of shit. I'll I'll box Yui Bowl. Fuck him. You know, i box the shit out of him. I have so much unchecked aggression hiding deep inside myself that at times I kind of wish a motherfucker would because yeah. I would just unleash, you yeah. know? But, and I've got a game to play during our discussion of Alone in the Dark. Uh, but before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope film after this. Do do doo Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo, do do doo-doo-doo-doo, do 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 and Break dance and rave section of the Oklahoma City Craigslist page because it, I I guess it's just justifying my beliefs. People are horrible. The headline is USA and Mexico. Uh, All right, let me keep a positive attitude towards this. I was visiting with a blood relative who was married to a Mexican. And the relative brought up Trump and the wall. The relative was irritated that Trump thinks Mexico will pay for the wall. Being a nice relative, I just listened and was told Mexico hates Trump. I feel as if I have stumbled onto something. Go Trump, go baby, build that beautiful wall. So happy to be a brown-skinned individual in the bible belt. Gee, I feel so uh, welcomed and invited. Just feel so warm. People are treating me so nice here. It's like man, they make sure to put their sights on me first. It's like I have red dots all around me from their sniper rifles. Yay! I'm going to get me a pickup truck and a dog and a shotgun. I'll start saying y'all. I need I need to go whiteface. I'm going to live here any longer. Really excited about that.
2: i to
3: the, the future. i you a machine? I'm
2: Grab and every survivor they can find. For the times so could be coming where they will learn. They this sex box too far. When When this plant's worth gone, all hell
1: So, I wrote a song I'm going to be playing for you guys. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't finished the song yet. I haven't finished it yet. It's a work in progress. But I, I think I have enough that I can play it for you here. Uh, it's a good song so far. I, it's pretty good. Uh, please be nice in the comments. Please be nice. You know, because, you know, it's not 100% done yet. It's a work in progress. If you guys can just, you know, be nice. You know, I would appreciate that. So uh, here you go. This is, this is what I've got so far. I call it unrequited petals of tomorrow's yesterday. That's what I call it. And uh, uh, this is... This is, this is how it goes. <clears throat>
2: Oh, I think
1: that's all I got so far, and um, I think it's a good beginning. I think it's, I think it's a good start, and uh, if you have if you have any if you have any requests, uh, you know, let me know, and uh, yeah, talk to you later.
3: Yes, Lord. Is is that you, Lord? Yes, Lord. I understand. Kill the infidels. Kill the infidels. Yes, my Lord. I will obey. As soon as I get out of here. <laughs> awin we know mawawin
4: mawawin 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 mawawin
2: mawawin 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 we
3: We'll
0: Anybody want a peanut? Come back next week and I'll go give you all the peanuts you want.
4: Box, cat box, inside the house on a sweaty day. If I'm stuck outside, I'm gonna use a sandbox, sandbox where the children play. When nature calls us kitties, what's a kitty cat to do? When you clean the box and make it fresh, that's when nature calls me. I'm talking about number two.
1: Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus starring the illustrious, the incomparable, the incomparable, the some third thing, Bunny Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you amped up? Are you hyped up? Are you hyped, Bunny?
3: Are you ready?
1: Okay. Now, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Money, Williams, take it away, buddy.
0: I like the dress and I like how it matches your hair, but I don't like it as much as that badass blue fucking jacket you have. Oh yeah, uh,
1: that's more Mr. Steve's jacket. Yeah. So I don't wear it for the podcast, but I do like this outfit. I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to do the podcast from the side so that everyone can see my big, fake boobies. Okay. I also, uh, I also wear the mask. Sometimes it's part of the whole process because I've shaved a good portion of my facial hair because now, um, I have done this a couple of times. I've gone out in a dress. Yeah. This past week I went to CVS and picked up my medication dressed as a woman and it's the first non-pride time that i had ever done that and it was scary and frightening and i've since done it uh like once more gone out in a dress and so i shaved a big portion of my beard and my facial hair so that when i'm wearing a mask it covers up my uh mustache and i look almost passable yeah yeah because And then, you know, my, my uh, lovely uh, child, Bella, says that I don't have to be passing as long as I'm comfortable in the dress and, 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 you know, I'm comfortable with myself and my body and all of that. But it's less about me trying to pass to, uh, to make people happy and more about I live in Oklahoma and I don't want to get fucking lynched.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing, and that's something I wanted to say and, like, something that I should probably just say the once and never again, but, like, yeah, I worry, dude. I mean, I love you. I don't want you to get hurt, you know? I mean, no, I do don't, I don't do it. You know, yeah. I'll always support you in what you do, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to worry. Yeah. I mean, you're in fucking Oklahoma, you know? Yeah.
1: So that's why I I barely do it. But when I do, I make sure that I'm with someone. So when I went to CVS, I went to CVS with Natasha and Natasha was holding my hand the whole time. And, And when it was time to deal with people, Natasha was there because oftentimes, again, she is my designated white person. Sure am, motherfucker. Yeah. And so I'm very comfortable now going out and about in a dress. As long as I have my uh, DWP with me, my designated white person who, if needed be, can and out in my defense. Yeah.
0: else. Yeah.
1: But, like, from afar, like, I'll be driving in the car and I'll be like this. And, and,
0: and... and-, and- Natasha knows how to tackle people. We know this.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: N- so, Natasha is not someone you want to fuck with.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Uh, I, I know. I, I live with them, so I know. I absolutely know. Yeah. So uh, So I've been trying to be more out, you know? i yeah. am been trying to be more out and posting more about being out and for the longest time I felt that like my gender and my sexuality and my sometimes wanting to dress up as a woman is my thing that I keep to myself and I don't have to share it with anyone else because this is just me and I want to keep it to myself and it's none of your business But also, being out and being proud of who you are does help a lot of other people who are not as brave to be out. And I have heard from a couple of people who were close in my life, who, who were like, I'm so proud of you for just being yourself and being out and being open. You know, I've also wanted to dress as a woman, but I've always been scared to. And it's like, Okay, there you go. Okay, so I'm I'm helping people. Yeah. By being more out. Yeah. And it's been uh, scary as fuck, but yeah. So anyway, uh, Bunny, uh, it's Bunny Versus. It's our free-form segment where we get to talk about whatever we want, and something big happened to me this week that I've been wanting to talk about. Okay. Okay. This is a big deal. This is oh. a serious deal, and it means a lot to me. And uh, oh. okay, I want to talk about this. All right. I went to a flea market. (laughs) I went to a fucking flea market and I bought something. It was only $10. It's an Elvira commemorative plate from 1988. (laughs) I bought it for only 10 bucks. It came with a certificate of authenticity.
0: Nice. Is it Franklin Mint? uh no it's
1: ernst making fine art affordable yeah i elvira mistress of the dark do testify with this certificate of authenticity that this artwork Night Rose was commissioned by my command and created expressly for this limited edition by artist Susie Morton. These will be produced for a period of 90 days then permanently closed forever. I got plate number 162. And apparently there are people on eBay that are selling this for 30 to fifty dollars. Yeah. But yeah, I got it for 10 bucks.
0: Nice. At, at a flea market. And see, like, that's oh. something, but see, that's something that, that kind of annoys me about Colorado Springs. Like, why aren't we making a bigger deal out of Elvira? You know? Yeah. She is from Colorado Springs. Why are we not making a bigger deal out of Lon Chaney? Why are we not making a bigger deal out of Tesla? You know, as a town... Huh. We we we've got some interesting things. Those are three of them, you know. Yeah, and like yeah, it, you, you, if you I don't if, hear about it, there's like not a Lon Chaney day or you know a Tesla festival in the fall or anything like this.
1: Yeah, you, you hardly ever hear people talking about the celebrated Oklahoma, Colorado pirate Black Bart who actually hid his gold inside of a cave yes. inside, of a, inside of a legendary now lost place called Casa Bonita. Scientists, archaeologists, have been searching for it for centuries.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you don't hear people talking about that either. Was that, the, feet, but... was that
0: the first flea market you'd ever gone to? No, I've gone to a...
1: I, I, there was a huge fucking flea market in Oklahoma, the in Phoenix, that my parents would drag me to, and I went to the Sacramento one once or twice. There's one here in my small town, and my wife and I have gone to it a couple of times only because my stepfather... And his husband have a cookie business. So uh, every other Saturday, they have a booth in my town. Father-in-law, father-in-law, okay. Father, my father-in-law and his husband have a. Uh, Cookie business, like a sweet business, or like a yeah. treat, like a bakery shop, and they sell it at the flea market every other week in my town. And so sometimes we go and visit him. But this time we just said, let's just make a lap. Let's just make a lap and see what we can get. I got a tiny action figure of the sugar crisp bear <laughs> for the kids to play with. And yeah, I got a I got a fucking Elvira plate. I, I went there I <coughs> went there a I year or two Lea. ago. I, I got flea an eight track player cool. Yeah, I got an eight-track player there once. Yeah. An eight-track player with the best of Johnny Mathis in it. Nice. Five bucks. So yeah, i love the flea market. As long as you stay away from the guy who uh is selling all the Biden is not the president Trump twenty twenty four. Flags. Then everything else is very nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Oh, and also, I was let go by a company.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I wanted to find out. Ask you okay?
1: Yeah. Uh, what they said was, uh, like Vince McMahon showed up and said budget cuts. Yeah. Basically. That the non profit that I do story times with, I got the call while I was at the flea market. So that was a tie in. And it's like, man, I'll always remember this flea market now. I'll always remember this one flea market trip as the, the time, the time when I got that kick ass Elvira plate.
3: And nothing <laughs> else happened.
1: Just that. But yeah, they gave me a call while we were checking out old timey furniture. And, uh, back in the day when we first started raising little leaders, which is which is a, an educational uh, storytime event that I helped create in 2018. And now I've been let go from temporarily. Right now, uh, raising little leaders has a budget of zero and they just can't afford me. So what they have been doing and what they will continue to do is they have local authors that are coming in and they're like hey we'll gladly do a story time for you for free as long as we get to promote our fairly lame books so that's what they're doing now instead of paying me and they said that hopefully in the future sometime we'll be able to afford to pay you again we just can't do it now and that's a bit upsetting because this was a huge part of mr steve's life but also I don't want to say that it might have something to do with all of this. Yeah, gesturing to me in a dress with a beautiful bow in my hair and my nails painted and big fake boobies, because the nonprofit is not religious. Yeah, but all the people who run it are very religious. And the nonprofit gets a lot of its money from some religious companies, but I like to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that my being let go uh, of temporarily has nothing to do with the fact that I've come out as gender fluid and pansexual and I've been posting more pictures of myself in dresses being the pretty woman that I sometimes am. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say these are two separate things that are in no way connected. Some people might see a connection there and uh, think that this is a bit sus with the timing, but I am not thinking that. That's just a rumor that I have heard. Yeah. But there is no proof to any of those rumors. Uh, so that was yesterday, and I stayed up until 1.30 a.m. last night uh, drinking and getting high. Yeah. And eating chips. I was on the couch, and I was in uh, a 90 and I was drinking... Blackberry whiskey. My okay. wife and I have been getting very into uh, like actual alcohol, like not just beers. We always drink beers, but now we're getting into more adult alcohol. And she and my wife found this blackberry whiskey, and it's a whiskey that I can drink and not make a whiskey face. <laughs> It's really smooth going down, and doesn't make my face pucker up like I just ate an entire fucking onion. You know that face where you're drinking whiskey and just, mm. but but no, it's it was really smooth, and I sat there on the couch, and I finally I finally watched Bo Burnham's new Netflix special. Isn't it and fucking
0: it... good? It blew me away.
1: Yeah. Blew me away. It was the perfect way to watch it because it was one of those things where like Emerald is like, have you watched the Bo Burnham special yet? You haven't watched it yet? You have to watch it. I should make I should sit you down and make you watch it. It's really great. And Bella's like, fuck, you haven't watched the fucking special? Fuck you, you fucking fuck. And like so many people like Destiny text me. And, I, and, and it's like, oh, Destiny, I haven't talked to you for the longest time. How are you doing? And she's like, good, have you watched the Bo Burnham special yet? And it got to one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm not going to fucking watch it on my own at this point. Because y'all, to quote Mr. Show with Bob and David, y'all are brutalizing me. Yeah. And... I'm just going to step back, but I I had the whiskey in my hand. I was in a nighty, and I just sat down on the couch, and Bella put on the Bo Burnham special, and I was like, okay, I'm not watching it. Bella is, and I'll just sit here and casually watch it. And it was, I fucking fell in love with it. Fell in love with it. So fucking good. And so that was nice. And now I feel like one of the good things is, about me not doing story times with a nonprofit is that there is a part of me that has wanted to be more out about my gender fluidity and the fact that sometimes I am a woman, but I have been scared to because of the nonprofit that I do story times with, and I didn't want to, uh, for lack of a better term, I didn't want to spook the straights, you know. Well, with all of this, but now that I am not, where are you going? Oh, we're going to get the rest okay. okay. Maybe so maybe get help. some snacky snacks. I don't have that much food right now. Don't worry. Uh we're just going to school. Okay, okay.
3: Okay. okay. Um I will be going later to
1: go
3: in the Okay.
1: Uh here are some options for school supplies, okay? Uh shotgun, bulletproof vests, flash grenades, pepper spray, bear mace! A bat that you had okay she's gone uh, <laughs> uh, So now that I'm not officially working with the nonprofit, I feel like I can be more open and what I want to do is just start a story time like this and just be hello everybody it's me Mr. Steven. it's time for another story time and FYI sometimes, I will be dressed like this, and it's not a big deal. Today, we're reading the following book. And just, that's all I mention about it. Sometimes I'm in a, and then I'll end it. Like, and that's today's story. Did you like that? I like that. FYI, sometimes Mr. Steve's in a dress. It's not a big deal. Thanks for watching. Be sure and like and subscribe. And I've always wanted to do that, but I've been scared about how the nonprofit would react. But now that I'm not working for the nonprofit, fuck it. I'm going to be a lot more open and out about things. Yeah. And and I'm happy about that. I, I I did a video game playthrough on my kids YouTube on my kid friendly YouTube channel where I played a game and it was Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's Girls Night Out. And so I was like, I'm gonna play this game because if I I'm playing that. Girls Night Out, I saw that, and I'm wearing a dress. I can get away with wearing a dress in a video. And so I made it like a funny bit, but I also tried to be as pretty as possible. And I was really proud of that storytelling because it's like, that is me secretly out in a kid's video. And that gave me like a taste of like, oh, I could kind of do this. I was also proud of my last Captain America story time because it's like, oh, I'm going to transform into Captain America. What? I'm Rick from Rick and Morty. Oh, man. Maybe I should try again. What? I'm in a dress. I can't believe it. Uh, This isn't Captain America. Ooh, but I really like the dress. Look at the frills on it. And I like how it swishes. Oh, but that's beside the point. I do look good. That's beside the point. I gotta transform into Captain America, so I've been trying to secretly put me in a dress in the kids' channel, but now I can just do it. And I'm really happy about that. So, the, anyway, that's been my week. It's been fun. How are you doing, Bunny? Is
0: incoming mail? He said, how are you doing? Yeah, something came up.
1: Sorry. Okay. So so since something came up, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about me. Uh, that's my favorite subject, that and uh, uh, the history of ancient Rome. I was born in 1924 in Tublo, Connecticut, which not a lot of people know that Tublo, Connecticut is a yeah. thing. Uh, I lived a pretty comfortable life. My dad invented blinking, and my mom was a professional camel kicker. And yeah. so we lived pretty comfortably. My my, my childhood was a, a fairly, well-regarded. You know, uh, don't
0: don't sell your mom short. A well-regarded camel kicker.
1: Yeah, she was one of the she was one of the top camel kickers in her field. Uh, In her weight class, I should say, because she was a light heavyweight camel kicker. So she kicked the smaller, lighter camels. It wasn't about her weight. It was about the camel's weight. That's how it is in the world of camel kicking. My childhood was fairly uneventual uh, boarding schools in Prague, Connecticut, which, again, not a lot of people know there's a Prague, Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, And and spending my weekends just uh, shooting at pigeons. With with a paint gun, and so uh, to this day in Connecticut, you'll go to Connecticut and you'll just see like, oh look, there's a purple pigeon, and like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> a lot of the pigeons in Connecticut are like rainbow colored, and yeah, I, I did that. You're welcome. They breed like that now. Yeah. You hit pigeons enough with a with with a paintball gun, and and they will just start breeding colorful. So yeah, that was my childhood. How have you been, Bunny?
0: I I have I have been okay, just working on Dabney. Uh, running yeah. into problems, it's and it's all the learning curve, and I just have to get through it. But it's just annoying as fuck.
1: Yeah, you know.
0: So that's really about it for that. I keep doing redoing the same bits over and over again. It's getting on my nerves. And weird shit just yeah. pops up and I have to redo it and rethink rethink what I'm doing and then try yeah. it again. You know. I have him I have his his introductory dialogue which is only like two fucking minutes, like two minutes, two minutes, twenty seconds. Something like that. It's not even a long bit. And I cut it in I cut it line for line. So I think I got like forty four clips, you know? Yeah. Of him saying a line, saying a line, saying a line so I could just concentrate on the animation for like uh, huh, huh, huh. how is he moving for <laughs> what he's saying? Yeah. But then Uh, all of a sudden uh, he started uh, dropping uh, his position down on me, so I'm having to do it all again. Yeah. (laughs) Irritating. Huh? Irritating. Yeah,
1: it sounds it. Yeah. And that's. Uh, that's... Huh, huh, huh. Saying a line, saying a line. Uh, Ha, 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 huh.
3: Saying a line. (laughs)
0: I thought that was cute. And of course, man, whenever you write a bit, you know, and you think it's really funny, when you have to work on it for this fucking long, there is not a goddamn thing funny about it anymore. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. That Joker bit that I did a couple of weeks ago about the guy who was... uh, The far-right guy who was arrested, and he had pictures of himself as uh, as uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. When I wrote that, I thought it was a really good bit, but then, like, that episode was big, so I pushed it back a week. And then I pushed it back two weeks, and then I pushed it back three weeks. And by the time I finally did it for the podcast, I was like, I'm just going to rip through this fucking Joker bit. I don't even know if it's good anymore. Like, I've pushed it back so many times that, like... I've read this in my mind so many times that it's just, it, it, there's nothing exciting about it. So just fucking, the Joker sucks. Okay, there you go. Let's move yeah. on. So, yeah, I, I know how that feels.
0: So that is, that's that's it. That's it. Uh, have you, have you got also a short... considered, have you also considered, I'm not even sure what I'm thinking. Other things that you could do that you would not necessarily do if you were still attached to love works. Uh,
1: there are some LGBTQ-friendly books that I want to start reading for the for for my channel. Yeah. That that I that while I was getting paid a decent amount by a company that I may have purposefully strayed away from. There was a part of me that wanted to do a story time at the pride parade, but I didn't because I searched like, Hey, pride parade videos for kids. Here's one video from blues clues. And, he, and here's another video that someone did at a, explaining pride parades for children. And then here's, 5,000 others calling LGBTQ people pedophiles and how pride parades are dangerous and indoctrinating children and it's filled with all of these sex acts and all of these people are perverts and it's like, fuck! <laughs> maybe I shouldn't do a video at a pride parade and also, maybe the organization that I do story times with wouldn't in 100% like the fact that I'm so out about all. All of this part of me, but yeah. as far as I'm concerned, my kids like it when I'm dressed up. They don't mind it. Eleanor thinks I look pretty sometimes. Sometimes Bella says I look like a lunch lady, and she can kiss my vagina.
4: <laughs> they can lick my ass. They,
1: they Excuse can kiss me, my. I
4: ass. used to be a lunch they lady. They
1: can lick my butt. <laughs> I know you meant it in a way where I kind of look like a badass woman who could kick your ass with a ladle. Like, I understand that. But still, I'm not a lunch lady. I'm fabulous. I'm more fabulous to that,
3: than,
1: a, than a lunch lady. Yeah, and, and, and my wife likes it that I dress up, and we dress up together. My wife told me that... Uh, My wife has been dressing up more and dressing up in dresses and, and doing a bit of her makeup and doing her hair. And she told me that she's been doing that more because she sees how beautiful her husband is when her husband is a woman that she makes that that makes her want to be more beautiful for me. And so we do it together. And sometimes on the weekends, we put our best dresses on. We have matching little black dresses and we listen to pride songs and we just get wasted together and high together. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun. So if my family likes it, then I shouldn't give a rat's ass what anyone else thinks. Yeah. 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 So so that's that. I'm just gonna be more open about it because no one's paying me, so fuck it. I can do whatever the fuck I want.
0: Yeah, I I, I just personally yeah. love how how the people who would want to stop you would be the people who would also tell you about freedom. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. It, it's so it's it, we live in such a world right now where people who are like. Uh, we need to pass laws to make women stop doing abortions stop getting abortions we need to control a woman's body a woman's body is not her own she shares it and and she, a woman cannot be trusted to do that to her own body and wait a second you want to give me a vaccine this is my body and my choice yeah. you can't tell me what to do with my body. And then yeah. there's all of these people who are like, masks don't work. I'm not wearing a mask because my president didn't wear a mask. And you know why he didn't wear a mask? Because he would smudge his orange face makeup.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: And it's like the reason why you're not wearing a mask is because your president didn't want to smudge his orange makeup. Yeah. That's the only reason why Trump didn't wear a mask, and the only reason why you are now like beating the shit out of low-paid workers for saying, "Hey, wear a mask." Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck all of you. Yeah. So sometimes I dress like this, and there you go. It's not a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I. You know. I. I. I'm really having a very hard time feeling. Bad about the latest COVID wave. Oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry, man. We fucking begged you to get the vaccines. You didn't want it. Die. You know. I mean, it's not like yeah. we didn't try to fucking stop you from being stupid, but you insisted. Yup. You know. Yeah. And and, and right. I'm sorry. You know. I don't have the sympathy for them I would have for others. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
1: I fully understand. I fully understand where you're coming
0: from. Yeah. You want me to cry for you now? You've been a little bitch. Yeah. But anyway... What's on the shaft table? You've, you've mentioned it, but I do need to hear it again. Uh, we're going to be talking about
1: Roots 2, Get Rootsier. We're going to be talking about Don Knotts. We're going to be talking about the lives and loves of Dobie Gillis. We're gonna, I, I, it's a short chap, but I'm really proud of it. Because it's about it's for the culture. We're doing it for the culture, Bunny. For the culture.
0: Yes. Yes. So proud. I I say proud. let's let's get on over to it. So Absolutely. For this week, this is Bunny Williams Oof. saying Self adhesive tape? Yes, please. And Cut! I love that. that. Oh. Oh. Yes. If you're like me, you're
1: no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pope on Film. I mean, everybody is. It's sweeping the nation because we're the janitor of podcasts. But only real fans, true hardcore fans, who have been with us since the beginning, only they would know two facts about the both of us. Two undeniable really real, and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast, you work with homeless people, which is very nice of you. Yes. such a giving heart. Can you explain to us
0: what you
1: do with homeless people?
0: Um, Bunny, are you there? Well, I feel... Yeah, you, you're kind of locked okay. up there for a little bit. Now can you've hear recovered. you. Uh, I, I feel that one of the things that is... Homelessness is a big problem, okay? And yeah. it has to be... It has to be looked at and come at from different angles, and I feel that that homeless people like one of the things that isn't talked about much is that it's really boring being fucking homeless.
1: Yeah, it's
0: boring.
1: Yeah, very. So, like,
0: so yeah. I I tried to get them interested in collectible matchbox cars.
1: Nice, nice, yes. You know,
0: nice. uh, people throw them out. I mean, you're yeah. looking for a sandwich anyway. Y- you find a little toy dump truck, you know? And some of them have managed to amass quite a nice collection. Yeah, that's, that's hours of fun. Of collectible, of collectible Matchbox cars.
1: I love that. I love that. You're really, you're, you're helping people. I, I hope so. You're giving so. of yourself. I I,
0: yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I, I but, you I know, really anything that could give really a smile—you know—really appreciate that what could you put a smile on somebody's face.
3: Yeah,
1: and I like that. I like that. Matchbox cars. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do at this part of the show is I like to tell a story from history, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling razzmatazz. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of...
2: Steve's historic approximations! Dun dun, dun, dun dun or
1: shap as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It's short, but fun, and it's very effective. It's the Don knots of podcast segments. And speaking of Don knots. This shaft that we are about to do, it was a request from the fan base, from the fans out there, because let me tell you, as in you, the listener, yes, we did get all of your messages and your calls, your letters, your texts. The response was overwhelming. These past two weeks have been insane for us here at the Pope on Film headquarters. So many fans have requested that we do this chap, and now... Finally, after so much pressure from society, yes, today's chap is about actor Norman Fell. Okay. Finally, all of the n- hardcore Norman <coughs> Fell fan base out there who demanded an all-Norman f- Fell chap can finally get off our fucking dick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jeez,
1: god damn, Bunny! What would you call hardcore? Uh, what would you call the hardcore Norman Fell fan base out there? What would what would Norman Fell fans call themselves?
0: Uh, I think they they would call themselves uh felons. Kinda locked up there. Yeah. Okay. Should we good now? Yes? Okay. I think we're good now. I would I would call them felons. So when you're talking about the Norman
1: felons. Oh, that's really good. Because I fel- think
0: talking about the hardcore the hardcore felons.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that. I had felheads, Normaniacs, and Mr. Robinians. But, oh, felons. That's perfect. Norman felons. Yeah. Anyway, Bunny, you probably know this story. You probably know the shaft that we're about to do. But you know who doesn't know this story? The new generation. The kids. The teens out there. The young people. So we gotta educate. We gotta educate. We gotta let the new generation know the strange stories of the past. We gotta do it for the culture. To educate people on how Norman Fell got fucking screwed. Okay. So, Norman Fell. Character actor. Extraordinaire. And, fun fact, World War II veteran. He was a tail gunner in the Air Force during old W.W.I.I. and being shot down is one thing being shot down by Mr. Roper though that's some next level shit Yes. and it's it's not surprising that Norman Fell character actor extraordinaire was also in World War II because out of all the actors that you see on TV that you see in a sitcom you can kind of tell that Norman Fell had seen some shit.
3: Yeah. In whatever he
1: did, Norman Feld seemed like the type of actor who has seen some shit. So after fighting in World War II, he studied acting and started getting bit parts here and there. He had an incredible career doing small bit parts in an insane amount of fucking movies and TV shows. Including... But not limited to small parts in the following. Perry Mason, Ocean's Eleven, The Lives and Loves of Dobie Gillis, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Dr. Kildare, The Fugitive, Wild Wild West, Man from Uncle, Bewitched, I Spy, Mannix,
2: Motherfucker was in The Graduate.
0: Yeah.
1: Norman Fell, real name Norman Feld, with a D. Uh, he made a very successful career out of small bit parts in essentially everything. The list continues: Partridge Family, Love American Style, McCloud, Marcus. W- Bell Beach, in 75, Rhoda, Starsky and Hutch, The Bionic Woman, The Streets of San Francisco, Grizzly Adams, Charlie's Angels, The Love Boat. He was even in Roots to Get Rootsier. Basically, Norman Fell's career was a look at what was popular throughout the entirety of the 60s and fucking 70s.
0: Yes.
1: If you want to know the popular shows in the late 50s and throughout the entire 60s and the 70s, all you have to do is look up Norman Fell fucking IMDB, because he was everywhere in fucking everything.
0: Yeah.
2: Shit.
1: And then what happened to Norman Fell? Jack Tripper done fucked him. (laughs) That's what happened. Jack okay. Tripper and Don Knotts done fuck Norman Fell right over.
0: Okay, how so?
1: And this, this this upsets me. Okay, so in 1976, the sitcom Three's Company premieres. And Bonnie, can you explain to the audience for the young people, the kids, the teens, the, for the culture? The plot of Three's Company, which I fully believe is something you can never get away with now. Can you explain the plot of the sitcom Three's Company, the beloved sitcom Three's Company, for me,
0: please? Okay, so uh, Jack Tripper, played by John Ritter, needed a place to stay. So he had two friends who were girls. Who had room in their apartment so he decided to stay there but the landlord would be uncomfortable with a straight man being with in the same place with two women so he had to pretend he was gay
1: yeah that's the plot of a beloved sitcom that ran through the 70s and the 80s
0: it was horny funny, man pretends to be shit. gay you know like yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So that was the plot, and in the show, Norman Fell was the landlord,
0: and he's it's crazy, almost like, but, but, and But hold on. Let's stop there a second. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, stay there for yeah. just a little bit longer. Because it's almost yeah. like you want to say something. It's almost like you want to make some kind of social commentary for your times... But you just can't fucking do it, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like like they yeah. wanted to say something. Like they wanted to say something about different types of relationships or or homosexuality or you know things of and they just couldn't. Like they had a they had a backpedal on things, you know? It just, like, feels like they came so close to saying something and then steered it the other way.
1: Yep, and then they never did.
0: And then they never did.
1: Pamela Barnes was one of those people I had a crush on as a child and then that I completely forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Pamela Barnes was one of those people. More so than the one that she replaced. I don't know why,
0: but Pamela Barnes
1: did it for me as a young child more than Suzanne Somers.
3: There you go.
0: This was like a weird kind of period of my life where where I I would just wind up like I would no longer watch Charlie's Angels or I would no longer watch Three's Company or anything like that because I was just fucking growing up. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: I understand that. I never saw a single episode of The A-Team. Never saw a single episode of Knight Rider. Never saw a single episode of uh, Miami Vice. Yeah.
0: So like, like, so like when these that. shows first came on, I was entering puberty, where Charlie's Angels and Three's yeah. Company and everything was quite nice to have around. But by the time these shows were canceled, I was fucking working. (laughs) I had a job. I couldn't watch them anymore because I was working.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I understand that, yeah. So, in Three's Company, which you absolutely could not do now... Uh, Norman Fell played the landlord, and he's cranky and he's funny, and people loved him. And they loved his wife, who was played by actress Audra Lindley. The two were very, the two were very popular on the show. A very popular show, so much so that um, Jack Tripper's horny friend, who always wants to go to the bar, the Regal Beagle. Yes. I don't remember his name. But he was supposed to be in just one episode, but he was so popular that the writers went, Okay, I guess we'll have a sitcom with a wacky neighbor. Never really been done before. But hey, I guess we'll be the first. And that's how we got Agatha Harkness. (laughs) Yay! It all ties together. So, um, Norman Fell as the landlord, Mr. Roper, was so popular... So really popular, incredibly popular. Everyone knew who Norman Fell was. He was the wacky landlord who kept thinking that Jack Tripper was gay and not a horny straight guy. And people loved him so much. He was the real breakout of the show. As they said in Man on the Moon, uh, Norman Fell was was almost the fons of the show. Yes, breakout. The guy on the lunchbox. So, they were so popular. They were so popular. Mr. Roper was so popular that they fired him. Yeah. So let me explain. The Ropers were so popular on Three's Company that the studio had an idea. What if? Hear me out here. (coughs) This is a great idea that will never fail. But what if this sitcom gets a spinoff? Yeah. Call it The Ropers. You guys are so popular in Three's Company that the show The Ropers will undoubtedly be a rating smash. So how about we write Mr. Roper off the show, give you your own show, it'll be super popular. What do you think about that? And to his credit... Uh, Norman Fell said, fucking no. (laughs) I'm on a super popular show. Just leave it as it is. I don't want a spinoff. I don't want my own show. I'm great on this show. Just keep me on Three's Company. But you know who did it? It was Audra Lindley. If you watch the credits of The Ropers, and I have watched it a million times this week, Audra Lindley... Mr. Roper's wife gets the top billing, Really even though Norman fell. Mr. Roper's wife is the first one in the credits, followed by Norman fell. I love the credits of the Ropers. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of the Ropers, but this week, and I'm being serious, I think I've watched the opening credits of, to the Ropers about 20 times. I said it was for the podcast, but really, just there's something about it. The music is kind of vaudevillian, kind of sticky, you know, like You know, kind of like Krusty the Clownish, and and all of the characters show up and they're dancing in front of the of like a blank slate. Just going like, oh, here you go. Oh, look at me. I'm a tennis pro. That's why I have a tennis racket. Look at me. I'm the precocious child. I have a ball. I have bounced it. Now you need to know everything you need to know about this show. Jeffrey Tambor is in it. And even though it's 1979, he is still a balding middle-aged man. So I have come to the conclusion that actor Jeffrey Tambor was born a fucking boss baby. He was born a balding baby in a suit. He came out in a suit. And has just been a balding businessman for his entire
0: life. But now, now, since you brought up Precocious Child, okay, I would like to mention the, the slender man that nobody is actually talking about. And that is... Spotting Corey Feldman in in failed TV series. Yeah. He was like the precocious child in at least three failed 70s shows around the time of the Ropers.
1: Yeah. It's always interesting to see actors. When they were precocious children, I remember growing up watching some sitcom, some dramedy with Wilford Brimley and a very young Shannon Doherty. Yes, I she don't remember to be that. Astronaut. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent remember that. I remember Julia Louis Dreyfus in a sitcom way before Seinfeld, and it was in the like late '80s. And she was a businesswoman. And she was serious. And, and so, yeah, when I saw uh, Seinfeld, I'm like, shit, yeah, that's... She was from SNL and that one show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, fucking sitcoms get me. But... But... Uh, so here's how it happened. Here's how it happened. Norman Fell didn't want his own spin-off. But so many people just bugged and bugged and bugged. So eventually he's like, fine... I'll be on. I'll be on the show. And so, season three of Three's Company ended with Norman Fell leaving. I am moving. I am selling this complex, so I will not be your landlord anymore. It, it took it took Norman Fell six months to agree to be on the Ropers because yeah. he one hundred percent didn't want to. So he so the third season. He left the show and he after the third season, he left three's company and got his own spin-off. It was called the Ropers. It did eh in the ratings. It did last two seasons and then it was canceled. So he said, okay, well, my spin-off was canceled. I guess I'm going back to Three's Company. No, you're fucking not, because now Don Knotts is in your role, and people love him more than you. Don Knotts fucked over. It's not his fault. I know it's not his fault, but Norman Fell was popular, and they replaced him with Don Knotts, so of course that's going to be twice as popular. It's Don fucking Knotts. Yeah. And he was so popular that... So, essentially, Norman Fells, Mr. Roper, was so popular that he was fired from the show.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: And wasn't allowed to come back, because now you got Don Knotts. You can't have Mr. Roper come back. Now Mr. Furley's here, and people love him a million times more. And so I was going to write this chap about... Uh, fuck Don I'm nods for screwing over Norman Fell, but I heard a story that just oh broke my heart. He was scared shitless to do three's company. Yes. Uh, Don Knotts was scared to fucking death because he had done movies before and he had done one sitcom and it was a one camera sitcom without an audience where he was just by himself and suddenly he's in front of a live studio audience doing a three camera sitcom and he's like I've never done this before I'm super fucking scared I'm fucking going out of my fucking mind somebody give me a a, a brown paper bag to fucking breathe in I'm fucking losing it over over here I can't do it so when he first went out on on stage on the set as mr. Furley uh, they had to redo it because the first time he came out the entire studio audience and everyone in the crew gave him a 10 minute long-standing ovation. nice made him feel better about doing a a modern-day 70s, 80s sitcom and calmed him down to be able to do this. And so, yeah, it's not Don Knotts' fault, but uh, Don Knotts was so popular that they couldn't fire him and bring back the original guy. So Norman Fell and Mr. Roper done got fucked over. Yeah. But apparently... Uh, Norman Fell wasn't negative about it. He wasn't angry about it. And up until his death, if you saw Norman Fell walking down the street and said, hey, it's fucking Mr. Roper. Mr. Roper, hi. He would turn around with a smile on his face, greet you, shake your hand, give you an autograph, take a picture with you. No fucking problem. He was fine with being Mr. Roper and being screwed over by Three's Company. I would have been fucking pissed. I would have burned down the goddamn set. Yeah. I would have hit on Don Knotts. But uh, Norman Fell, even though he was screwed over, took it like a goddamn champ. But it's sad what happened to so Norman Fell. And I'm happy that we are here crusading for, for Norman Fell. And also, you should see the credits for The Ropers. Yeah. It's on YouTube. The theme song is just annoying and catchy. And uh, Mr. Roper is there with a plumber, like, dancing. like <laughs> yeah. so stupid that I love it. And I've been listening to it. Oh, I've been watching it on YouTube over and over again. I'm obsessed with the opening credits to The Ropers for some dumbass reason. But there you go. That was our chap. Uh, Norman Fell deserves some goddamn appreciation. Yes. Who's a fucking graduate? Yeah. <laughs> That's Norman Fell. And I'm happy that we uh, are, are uh, coming to his defense, because if we won't, who the hell else
0: will? Yes, this is true.
1: There you go. Be sure and join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's historic approximations. And cut on that. Yes. We still have a movie to get to. Yui Bull. We're gonna talk about Yui Bull's career. We're gonna talk about this movie. We're gonna ask the the, the big question: the fuck happened to Christian Slater?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: that, that is so fucking sad and I've got a really fun game to play for this week's movie but before we get to any of that maybe we should take a break should we take a break we
0: should take a break
1: I concur we will be right back with more of the Popon film after this Doo do 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 this is the Carson theme Doo 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 doo. Skiddy Papa a doo wow. And break.
0: When Bob stands before God in Bob's light. Bob's life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bob would hope that Bob would not have a single bit of talent left and could say, Bob used everything that gave Bob.
3: Yes, Lord? Is, is that you, Lord? Yes, Lord, I understand. Kill the infidels. Kill the infidels. Yes, my Lord,
0: I will obey
3: as soon as I get out of here. Station. I. Go. Go. Go.
2: Go. 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 What would you do if I sang? Tune. Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your oh, ears, and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Yeah. Oh, baby. Hi, hi. Did some talking to the sun? I said I didn't like the way she got things done. Sleeping on the job. Those raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. But there's one thing I know. The blues, they sent to me, won't defeat me. It won't be long, till happiness steps up to greet me. When drops are falling on my head, that doesn't mean my eyes Will soon be turning red Clients, not for me Because I'm never gonna stop the rain By complaining Because I'm free
0: Menstrual cramps.
3: Another Mother of God, I'm
2: calling a heart.
0: Menstrual cramps. The irritation.
2: Oh no, please don't.
4: Oh, this was my favorite onion. <laughs>
0: The diary.
4: <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> oh shut up, get out. She's staying. Mommy's cramping. Now
0: Minstrel cramps. She's
4: getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Where the fuck is the chocolate?
0: The pain. Menstrual cramps. The most common cause of menstrual cramps is stress. No shit! Hey, try these. Is
3: this
4: really like help?
0: It does when you do it, right? It's your uterus that's stressed. Oh. Don't live in pain? Call 1-800-555-9969 and order Dr. Rod's Super-Powered Vagina Balls. Just three easy payments of $59.99. 1-800-555-9969. Operators standing by. Order now!
3: Hello, Tim's mom? Have
0: you seen Tim anywhere? He's not here at the studio, and I'm beginning to worry. 911? Hello, Queen of Germany? And I'm hungry. Actually, I'm more hungry than worried. You can forget about worried altogether. Yes,
2: it's an emergency. My friend is missing, and I'm sandwichless. What, what kind of sandwiches you got over there in Germania? Who the hell are you calling a brat? Could you
0: make me a sandwich? I like mayonnaise on both sides of the bread. Miracle Whip? What kind of
2: possessed hellhound are you? Sandwichless! S-A-N-D-W-I-C-H-L-E-S-S! Do you understand, motherfucker? Hello? 911? Hello?
3: Maybe I should call 912. I hear you're getting a lot of hits on Tinder.
2: Nice. No I will not let you cover me in
0: mustard and sauerkraut, you pervert! Wait, wait, wait. Is that in Germanian dollars?
3: Yeah. Yeah,
0: now we're talking.
3: I have to tell you something. I'm only a myth. And until next week, I'll be mything you.
0: Bob stands before God in the end of Bob's life.
2: Hello?
3: Miss Hedrack?
0: And we're back with more of the Pope on Film.
2: Act three, buddy.
0: Act three. Act three. Act three. Yes, buddy, my brother. Before we jump in, I would like to raise a quick question, something I I really want to ask you. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I called on YouTube, like, The Top Ten Comedic Songs of All Time. And the first one on the list was Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. And I disagree that that is not really a comedic song. It's a happy song. song. (laughs) It's an upbeat song. But there's nothing really comedic about it what was comedic yeah. was it being in the context of the crucifixion of christ the setting yeah that's what made it funny but the song in and of itself is a respectably decent song not something that i would listen to on a regular basis but it's a just a legitimate song it's not a comedic song what what what, what say you
1: I would say the number one song would have to be Yes, We Have No Bananas. (laughs) That would have to be number one. Without a doubt. Number two would have to be Does Your Chewing Gun Lose Its Flavor on the Bedpost Overnight? Yeah. Number three, Star (laughs) Trekkin! That's the top three. Top three funniest songs. I love Existential Blues yeah. by T Bone Burnett. I I I went looking for T Bone Burnett because I just I am obsessed with this bizarre like ten minute song, which is which starts off bizarre and then turns into a Wizard of Oz parody and then goes back to bizarre. So I tried to look up T Bone Burnett and he's got some uh, right leaning views which kind of made me sad. but Yeah, doesn't that,
0: that that does really make you sour on a person in a fucking hurry. Yeah.
1: But I can see why people would say that Always Look on the Bright Side of Life is a comedic song because it's a Monty Python song from a Monty Python comedy. But also, I feel that you are correct in that I wouldn't consider this a comedy novelty sort of fucking song.
0: Maybe a novelty. Maybe a novelty in a Tiny tim kind of a way. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Just because we haven't heard that style of music in a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But, but that's... that's what...
1: But yeah, I wouldn't call it a comedy song. Just a comedy song. Because that has a connotation.
0: And just the fact that Jack Nicholson sang it. Should exclude it from being a comedy song.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Jack Nicholson, Christian Slater's in this
0: week's movie. Nice wraparound. I commend you, sir. Thank you. Fucking was.
1: Christian Slater is if you bought Jack Nicholson on Wish.
0: Yeah. Hooray. Yeah.
1: So, buddy, it's time once again for this alleged film podcast to drunkenly stumble onto the third and final act of the podcast, and it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new turbocharged all-wheel drive, anti-lock brakes, all-terrain, no money down for six months. Movie of
3: the week!
1: And this week we continue our summer-long deep dive into IMDB's list of the 100 worst movies of all time with our first Yui Bowl film, the 2005 movie, with finger quotes, Alone in the Dark, number 19 on the list of the 100 worst movies of all time. Now, I would like to start I, off... I
0: am finding that these movies are getting better the, the worse they get. Uh, I This movie is a hot fucking mess, but I enjoyed it. I didn't quite enjoy it as much as Battlefield Earth, but I enjoyed it for how yeah. fucking bad it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look. Like, like, car chase in five minutes. Yeah. I was impressed by that. I was impressed by that. And also the entire plot of the movie is rushed into like five minutes of text in the beginning of the film. Like it's like Yui Bowl is like here is the opening. I hope you're taking notes. Okay, so there was an ancient race, and there were these artifacts, and there was these e- evil yeah. people, and Native Americans, and fucking, like, God damn it, slow down. I didn't bring the cliff notes with me.
0: And, like, trying and, to like, write what, down, and right there. The five minutes of exposition. And, like, and right there, I'm having problems with this movie, because I'm like, you built a whole government agency because of one ancient civilization? Yeah You know, I mean like that seems yeah. a little weird. I mean I could I I... <laughs> possibly you build an ag- you build an agency investigating supernatural phenomenon that specializes in ancient civilizations. Yeah. And this story is focused on... No, no, they they did it all for this this one ancient civilization. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, I... Uh, before we get to talking about the movie, I want to talk about Terry Pratchett. Okay. Author Terry Pratchett... A, a lot of people have been trying to attach him to, like the anti-trans community online. It's a big fucking mess because uh, J.K. Rowling is like, hello, I'm J.K. Rowling. I created the Harry Potter series, and I'm the most successful writer on Earth. And uh, I've decided that I'm so successful that I'm too successful, so fuck trans people! And now people are like, fuck! So we gotta not give a shit about Harry Potter. What other thing should we care about that's Harry Potter-esque and kind of fun and funny and and really nice. And so a bunch of Terry Pratchett fans are like, hi, let me tell you about Discworld because it's fucking wonderful. (laughs) And I've read about 80% of the books, and there's a shit ton of books. I've read about, I'd say 75% of the books.
0: because I I, I tried and I, I just... I recognize his genius, I just can't wrap around his stories, you know? And I kind of have a suspicion, because what he is doing is very close to what I'm trying to do at getting a very strange and different look at things. And I think that, that for some reason, puts me off to him you know what i mean
1: yeah no i get that
0: i get that i get like that like if i'm like if but i'm trying so- to do like if i'm trying to do something artistically and i run across something similar i kind of have to keep away from that similar thing or it's gonna like taint what i'm yeah. doing you know so like yeah i get that i, I was looking around on various occult subjects and had reason to look, look up Baba Yaga and immediately had to stop reading because it's like, all right, that's just way too close to the Nettie fucking Braxton. I don't want to yeah. know about it. So anyway, there was a tangent.
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, so Discworld is amazing, and it's it, it's a really great world, and I really like it. And But because so many people online have been trying to get Harry Potter people to go to Discworld instead because the author of Harry Potter is very anti-trans, all of the anti-trans people that are out there are like, well, Terry Pratchett also hated trans people. And the Discworld fans are like, no, he did not, and you're only saying that because the mo- the man is dead, and he can't say how fucking wrong you are. Fuck off and leave Terry Pratchett's corpse alone, you yeah. fucking monsters. So I've been thinking a lot about... Um, the the Terry Pratchett and the Discworld universe, and I I found a great connection between Discworld and this week's movie Alone in the Dark. So FYI, this all ties together. One of my favorite characters, who appears in essentially every book because of who he is, is the Angel of Death. His he speaks all in caps, which I appreciate. Yeah, they did. Uh, They have done a few animated movies, which I tracked down on DVD when I used to work at the bookstore. And uh, I had three of them. I had three of of, like mini series done in a cartoon format for the BBC at some point in time, Uh, animated mini series based on Discworld books. And the thing that I love about them is that in those books, uh, the narrator is Death, and he's voiced by Christopher Lee, and it's such a good voice for Death, you know? And they make it deep and got some bravado in it, and so I really love the character of Death. He's been the 100% focus on a couple of books. There's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a a book that I felt that... Uh, that came before The Nightmare Before Christmas, where uh, Death decides to be Santa one year. Okay. Except they don't have Santa in the Discworld, but they have the Hogfather, who comes every Hog's watch. Yeah. Eve, gives presents to kids, so Death decides to be the Hogfather. A lot of Discworld fans read it every Christmas, and it's a big deal, but... The thing that I like about the novels is that you hear Death talking, and it's really, oh, man, like you're a bartender, and suddenly you hear, Bartender, I would like a drink. And you hear it in your soul, the person talking to you, and you look to see who it is, and you see no human who is alive can w- fully focus on death because death is something that only dead people can see. So death tries to talk to normal people and can talk a little bit to them, but they don't really see death. They see a shadow. They see a haze. They see a, an outline. They see darkness, but they never actually see death because they're living so that's alone in the dark, because I saw this three times. I couldn't tell you who any of these fucking people are, what they're fucking doing, or 50% of the goddamn plot, because this movie is death. It's impossible to focus on anything that's happening in this piece of shit fucking movie. <laughs> I watched it three times. I couldn't tell you who Christian Slater plays. I couldn't tell you who fucking Tara Reid plays. I couldn't tell you who... Steven Dorff? What? How did you manage that casting coup? He's so busy. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what this movie was about. I couldn't tell you. Native Americans and some portal and these monsters, and they are inside people, and Christian Slater lost his memory, he was in a orphanage, he and now he has fucking powers. Couldn't fucking tell you. Could not fucking tell you. Looking at this movie is like in the disc world trying to look at death.
0: I I was you able cannot. to follow it to a certain point and then it went completely off the rails. Now I will generally watch a movie that we're going to cover two or three times if I'm really missing the point to the movie. You know, I wasn't paying enough attention, I got distracted by something else when I was, well, a, a lot of shit, and I'll watch it again. But fuck this, no, this movie had one goddamn chance. You know, I'm sorry. So, yeah. there was a point, I carried the plot to a point, then I lost it, and I didn't give enough of a fuck to go back looking for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so uh, I was going to save it for the end, but I'm going to do it now. I have a game. Okay. It's game time here at the Popon Film. They released a soundtrack for this. Okay. And it's a two-CD soundtrack, which I don't get... Because it's not like this film was wall-to-wall music. This wasn't Once Upon a Time dot, dot, dot in Hollywood. No. But, but, yeah, the soundtrack is full of a lot of generic death metal bands. And so I have a list of ten band names, Bunny. And you have to guess if it's a real band from the Alone in the Dark soundtrack or just some shit I made up. Or some shit that I took from something else that exists. Okay. And bands. Are you ready, Bunny? Yes. Okay. Number one. (laughs) These are all great. Dying Fetus. Take all the time you need. This is kind of hard.
0: I'm going to go real bands.
1: You are absolutely right. Absolutely right.
0: Because I Uh, personally would... Had I had a band, I I think that I would love that name.
1: Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. Number two. Robot Apathy.
0: It's a cool fucking name. I'm going to go no. You are right. It is fake. Malformed cool as shit, though. Copyright yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: Robot apathy. Malformed souls. I'm gonna go true. That is fake. I made that up. I thought it sounded neat.
0: It was uh, borderline.
1: Okay, this is number four. Between the lions.
0: I'm gonna play the odds and go true.
1: No, that's a PBS show that my kids used to love. Oh, damn it! That was a fucking kids show with these lion puppets, and they're in a library, and it teaches you about reading.
0: I was I was going <laughs> off the theory that when you're taking a multiple a multiple choice test with the number two yeah. pencil, and you're sitting there and you're thinking <sighs> about the answer, and it's like it just can't. BC again. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's how I fuck with people when I do these games. Between the lions, between the covers of a book, between the lions. Loved that fucking show.
0: Well, that's why I said I was gonna play the odds because, like, it's just I, yeah. I, it just seemed it couldn't be false again.
1: Yeah, uh, bloodbath. This is a generic enough one that, like,
0: shit. Yeah. There's gotta be a band called Bloodbath out there somewhere. Yes,
1: but is there a band called Bloodbath that does a song on the Alone in the Dark soundtrack is the question.
0: That's, that's the tough part. Yeah.
1: I love these games.
0: Um, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, there is.
1: Okay, yes, Bloodbath. They have a song on the Alone in the Dark soundtrack. Number six, Fear Factory.
0: I'm kind of thinking, yeah.
2: I don't know. I I, I
0: know there were some really odd musical choices. Yeah. yeah. And I could picture something a little on the synth pop side. I just don't recall what it is. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: you are absolutely right. Fear Factory is the name of a band who has a song on the Alone in the Dark soundtrack. I thought that might throw you because that's also the name of a show that Joe Rogan used to host back in the day, before he was a douchebag with a podcast.
0: Well, it's what it's what somehow Gary Newman started getting called. Yeah, as a part of like like in cars, and I'm praying to the aliens, I know them as as Gary Newman songs, and somewhere along the line, they became Fear Factory, and I don't know how that happened.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Number seven. Stump Grinder.
0: Stump Grinder, yeah. They're an all-amputee band. Uh,
1: that is fake. That is the fake metal name. That is the fake metal band that my brother came up with when uh, we used to go drinking at the dirt bar. He wanted to tell Chicks that he was in a band, a metal band. So he came up with a fake metal band name to try and impress Chicks. And so he was looking for a fake name for a band, and then he saw an ad for... uh a tree cutting service that announced that they did have their own stump grinder. <laughs> grind the tree stumps. And he said, That's my fake band name, Stump Grinder. So I stole that from my brother. Uh, that's number seven. That is a fake band. Number eight, Do Dew Scented. Do Scented. Do Scented. It's a tricky one, because this doesn't sound like a metal band, but that might be why it's a metal band name.
0: Yeah, but I keep hearing the music from douche commercials. Yeah,
1: yeah, douche-scented kind of throws you off.
0: Yeah. Because I personally feel fresher just hearing it. And
1: also, every, like, hardcore soundtrack always has the, like, one ballad that's usually at the end of the soundtrack. Like, you have the Crow soundtrack, but then at the end, there's, it 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 won't rain all the time, yeah. the, like, touching end credit ballad. So, for all we know, Do Scented might have done love theme for Alone in the Dark. Yeah. Yeah, let's or, go true. Okay, it is true. It is true. Uh, number nine
2: raunchy.
0: Okay. Yes, but only because I could see the font in my head. Yeah,
1: raunchy's real. Number ten, vivisections at dusk.
0: I'm gonna say yes because I want it to be true.
1: No, I came up with that. That's
0: badass, <sighs> though, isn't it?
1: Vivisections huh? at Dusk? Yes. That's a fucking great name. Yeah. Okay, so that was fun. Um, Steven Dorf, real mark of quality.
0: I, I am so happy that he is too good to be in a Black Widow Marvel movie. I, I am so glad that Stephen Dorff is doing so fucking well in his career that he could look down his nose at any part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
1: I would now like to do a short play that I wrote called Martin Scorsese Goes to McDonald's. So, here's the McDonald's, and then Martin Scorsese enters, and I'm the employee. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. How can I take your The Marvel movies aren't movies. Yeah. They're not movies, they're not really movies. They're not. They're not film. They're not cinema. Yeah. Okay, sir. Well, this is a McDonald's. What would you like to order? Nothing. I just wanted to tell you that. And then he leaves and goes to the Wendy's next door and you can hear. Hi, welcome to Wendy's.
2: How can I take your The Marvel movies are movies.
1: And scene. Thank you. Thank you. And Tara Reed as an archaeologist is fucking laughable.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And I read in some I had
0: the same feeling about Tara Reed that I had from the scientist girl from that Plan 9 movie with the great Mr. Lobo. Yes. Yeah. Uh yes, like I am just so not buying into you as a scientist. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm Agreed. not. Agreed. And uh, generally, what you read... say that scientific is just words strung together. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it is. It's all and, like and it's then, all like quantum time distillation, you know, just like yeah, it's
1: it's nonsense. It's made up words. You're just yeah. you're just throwing shit together in the hopes that it sounds scientific.
0: But my then, favorite, my favorite goddamn Tara Reid line, keeping in mind that she's a scientist, the, the, and they figure out the that all sequence. the Ed, that all the pieces of these artifacts were scattered to what would have been considered at the time the four corners of the world. This scientist has to ask, well, that's kind of strange behavior if they want us to solve this puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah! Wow, you're so way off the point. <laughs> yeah.
1: But the saddest part of this movie is the fact that it stars Christian Slater. Because from 1989 to, like, 1996, I really thought he was one of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet.
0: Yes, yes. And he, he had did some spring. good work.
1: He had a string of success. Heather's Pump Up the Volume Cuffs, which no one remembers, but I remember really liking when it came out. True Romance, Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. It wasn't even going to be an Interview with the Vampire. It was going to be a Phoenix, River Phoenix. But then he died, which is rude. And so Christian Slater came in.
0: And a bit part in Star Trek, uh, in Star Trek, whatever the undiscovered country.
1: The yeah, the undiscovered country, and he—he played a wasn't asked to be in that. Yeah, and he didn't ask to be in that movie, he, he no one asked him to be in that movie, he asked if he could be in that movie, because apparently he was a huge fucking Trekkie, and he was like, they're making a, a, a Star Trek movie, this might be the last one with the original cast, I have to be in this, and yeah. that was another thing of like, damn, Christian Slater, you're so fucking cool.
3: Yeah.
1: I can't imagine someone as successful as you begging to be in a Star Trek movie. Fucking, you're so awesome. He was the shit. And now he's one of the worst parts of a Yui Bowl film. Like,
3: fuck!
0: What exactly happened? I don't know. Where did he derail? I don't know, but fucking...
1: Narration in a movie... Yeah. Sometimes it's good? Yeah. But a lot of times, that's just a crutch for a bad fucking screenwriter. Yes. And instead of showing you how someone feels, they'll just say, I was trepidatious about continuing on this adventure. And it's like, okay, you couldn't <coughs> show us that. So you have to have the character say it in the fucking narration. Yeah. Okay, so I think I fucking figured out why this movie is the
0: way that it is.
1: And in order to do that, we need to talk about the director,
0: Yui Bowl. I... I my, my theory real quick is that Yui Bowl just doesn't have a soul.
1: Okay, my theory, I think, is 100% correct and has to do with Steve Martin indirectly. So, just... Uh, Hear me out, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, Yui Boll is a German filmmaker who rose to prominence in the 2000s for making extremely fucking horrible movies based on video games like Blood Rain, In the Name of the King, Alone in the Dark, House of the Dead, which was the first one that he did, and that one has video game scenes in the movie which I think would be the video game movie equivalent of Ang Lee's Hulk. Remember when Ang Lee did the Hulk movie, and it's like, ooh, comic book panels. What? Boom.
3: Yeah. Ah."
1: And it's like, we understand what you're trying to do, Ang Lee, but also, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, let's not forget, Yui Bull made the film Postal, which I fucking hate with a deep-seated fucking passion. I think it's one of the worst movies of all time. Certainly, I think it's one of the worst comedies of all time. And it goes out of its way to offend people. And it opens with two terrorists on one of the planes about to head into the World Trade Center, and it's like, oh man, can't wait to get those uh, seventy-three virgins. Uh, Here's a painting of Allah. I'm gonna shit on the. American flag. I mean, was a joke. I'm trying to offend as many people as I can with one film because the directors hate me, so I'm going to go out of my way to make the worst movie of all time only as a fuck you to my critics whom I can't stand the slightest bit of criticism like Donald Trump, so I'm going to make the worst <laughs> movie of all time specifically to offend people and my and but people will love it because there's a lot of people out there cough, cough, sit, head, white men, who loved the movie Postal? And I think that says if you're a big fan of Postal, I'm sorry to offend you, but also being a fan of Postal says a lot about who you are inside.
0: Really, I've never seen Postal.
1: It's a fucking piece of shit. Dave Foley is naked in it. It's it's so bad. But it's supposed to be bad, because Huey Bowl is like, I'm making all of these films, which are obviously great, and for some reason, stupid critics who are idiots hate it. So what I'm going to do is go out of my way to make the worst film of all time that will piss off everyone. And it, it's, it's a real piece of shit. It's a real piece of shit, film. But it's a piece of shit on purpose. So a lot of, like, toxic dudes are like, oh, Postal, I love Postal. Have you seen Postal? You haven't seen Postal? You have to see it. It's fucking crazy, man. It's the worst. I love it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to also talk to me for 20 minutes about uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? So I was worried that we would have to watch Postal for this for this uh, movie, but thankfully it's been knocked off of the IMDB bottom 100, so we don't have to watch it, it's not on the list anymore, thank fucking God. So, um, and the thing that makes Yui Bull such a piece of shit is that, okay, Ed Wood makes Plan 9 from Outer Space. He doesn't have a big budget. He's making it with whatever he can, and he understands the limitations of the film. So when he puts the film on and people are watching it and they're laughing, he's like, well, hey, uh, Edward's laughing too. And it's like, yeah, well, Lugosi doesn't even fucking speak in the film. And yeah, that is just a shower curtain separating the cockpit from the rest of the plane. Because there is no rest of the plane. We had no budget. I understand it. This part's fucking funny, too. And Ed Wood is laughing right there with the audience. Yes. But Huey Bowl, like Donald Trump, isn't man enough to admit his failure as a filmmaker. It's always someone else's fault. His movies suck. Oh! You didn't like my film, Worst Movie You Ever Saw? Ed Wood's like, Worst Movie You Ever Saw? Well, my next one will be better. Huey Boll is like, Worst Film You Ever Saw? Oh, well, you're a film critic, and film critics are all pretentious pieces of shit. Of course you don't understand my art. My next, he literally said about his film House of the Dead, and I quote, I made a perfect House of the Dead movie okay so if you if you don't like it then then you just don't understand my art I made a perfect film what's wrong with you
0: that you don't like my film and I, I, I kinda like I, I kind of like House of the Dead uh for just how goofy and weird and bad it is.
1: Yeah, but he would never admit that it's goofy and weird and bad. It's a perfect movie and it's hilarious and it's wonderful and it's a great film. And like, oh, I like House of the Dead because it's such a bad movie that it's a, it's a lot of fun. No, it's not a bad movie. It's a perfect movie. What the fuck is wrong with you, you retard? That is his words, not mine. Huey Bowl calls a lot of his critics the R word and it's not fucking cool. Yeah. Just want to be clear. He made House of the Dead and that bumped, and then he made Alone in the Dark and that bumped. And so what he did was, he sued the film distributor, Romar, saying it's their fault that the movie was bad. And also, uh, uh, House of the Dead, people said it was one of the worst movies of all time. You know why people are saying that? Because uh, video game fans expect too much of a video game movie. So really, this is actually a great movie. It's just a fan of the video game's fault for not understanding how wonderful this movie is. It's
0: only someone else's fault. Well, I know nothing of the video game, so we get rid of that criticism.
1: Yeah, when Harry Knowles wrote a scathing review of Huey Bull's films, Huey Bull called him a fat retard in his words, not mine. He's such a toxic piece of shit that in 2006, and this is 100% true, Yui Bowl started challenging his critics to 10 round boxing matches. Yes. How fragile of a fucking ego do you have to fucking have? That you challenge your critics who say, I don't think this movie is good. And he's like, well, if you're a fucking man, then you'll fight me in a fucking boxing uh, boxing ring. And it's like, <laughs> no. Fuck you, you piece of shit. He is literally the Donald Trump of filmmaking. The only good thing that Louis Bull ever did is give up his movie career to be a uh, a, a chef. Now he, uh, you know, uh, owns a restaurant and is trying to open a chain of restaurants. Basically, he's Nazi Guy Fieri. So,
3: uh, <laughs>
1: the best thing that Yui Bowl ever did in his career was decide, maybe instead of making movies, I should flip fucking burgers. Good job, Yui Bowl. You made your first good decision as a filmmaker and stopped making fucking movies.
3: Yeah.
1: Fuck you. But here's the thing. This, this leads me perfectly to my theory as to the problem with this film. Uh, a screenwriter named Blair Erickson wrote the first draft for the Alone in the Dark movie. It was very dark and serious, and it leaned into the supernatural aspect of it. The supernatural aspect of these oh what are these monsters and it was very lovecraftian and it was very dark and it was very serious then yui bowl took the script and literally said where are the fucking car chases yeah if i'm making if i'm gonna make a big budget action film it needs car chases There's no car chases in it. I need a car chase in the first six minutes. The fuck is wrong with you, you piece of shit? And he got the script and rewrote it into, and this is my theory, a poor man's attempt at a Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm going to make a movie, but if I'm going to make a movie, but but here's the thing, he's German, so it's like, if I'm going to make a movie, I need it to be big American film. Put in CG monsters. Put in a sex scene. I need Matrix-style gunplay. And it's like, okay, but there is, this is based on a Video game, and it's like, I don't care, more Matrixy. This needs to be big. American Hollywood blockbuster. This is a German man's very bad impression of what he thinks American audiences want. Basically, this movie is the wild and crazy guys of cinema. Steve yeah. Martin and Dan Aykroyd are Americans, <laughs> so we have put on our disco pants with tight bulges, and we have chained like you Americans like to do. We are American people, and that is what this movie is. And it's like, we, oh, I do American video game? Okay, car chase, uh, explosion. Uh, we need big yes, monsters exactly, in
3: the dark fighting exactly. people.
0: And that's basically what this like, like, you're doing it, it off Imitating of a checklist. Like, you're doing yeah. it off of a checklist and not bringing any heart to the production. And it, and it gives it... As a film, it gives it a very mechanical look. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're in one place yeah. and then you're in another place and there is no textual, contextual reason necessarily for why you're now in this other place you know yeah which is this entire part of
1: movie is this entire movie is some random german guy saying i can be michael bay yeah. But you can't be Michael Bay. But this is a random German man's attempt at a Michael Bay movie. I
0: I lost I lost the thread of the plot when the the dog creature appeared in the museum or the library or whatever the fuck it yeah. was. I lost yeah. it there because they were kind of like battling this thing and then we went to another scene. And we went to another scene, and I was like, wait a second. Don't we have to get back to that dog creature? <laughs> what happened to it? Yeah. I have no idea. I, and frankly, I don't fucking care. You know?
1: And also, and also, my personal opinion is that all of Huey Bulls' films were just scams. Because, uh, allegedly, this movie cost $20 million to make. Well, then, why does it look and feel exactly like a first season episode of X-Files?
0: Yeah. And the effects are fucking awful.
1: It's like like in season one when X-Files were just a Monster of the Week show. Yeah. Uh Before they got plot and reoccurring characters... Back when it was just, okay, it's season one of X-Files, just here is the monster of the week, let's do it, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up, B! Like this, This. I, I don't think this movie cost $20 million, I think it reeks, I think this movie reeks of the same financial problems that plagued uh, Battlefield Earth. Is what I think. I'm not saying that this is what happened. This is my own personal feelings. I feel that Yui Bull was skimping off the top. Yeah. I think this I think this entire movie was the producers. I think every film Yui Bull made was his attempt at doing a real life the producers. Yeah. And it's like, hey. I've collected $20 million. Now I'm going to make this film as cheaply as possible. And what? It bombed? Oh, sorry. We lost all of your money. Don't question it. <laughs> there you go. That's my theory. But this is a man who is attempting to be... Uh, attempting to be a Hollywood blockbuster guy. Badly. yeah, Very badly. When when Huey Bull was, was uh, uh, trying to get... Uh, critics to agree to get into boxing matches with him. He also challenged Quentin Tarantino and Michael Bay. Yeah. That's how fragile of an ego Yui Bowl has. That he was like, Quentin Tarantino says my movies are bad. Well, he is a dumbass retard, and if he was man enough, he would fight me in the ring, just like stupid Michael Bay is a piece of shit. And then they interviewed Michael Bay about Yui Bull, and he said, and I quote, I hate Michael Bay, but I I gotta give him respect because he said, I honestly have had no idea who Yui Bull is until a few days ago. (laughs) And it's like, oh, fucking okay, your movies are shit, but good job, Michael Bay. That is exactly how you answer that. Anyway, this movie allegedly cost $20 million to make it made $12 million worldwide and is considered one of the worst films of all time. The acting is shit, the script is horrible, uh, and I sincerely hope that Yui Bull sticks to flipping burgers, because yes. for the life of him, he can make movies that are entertaining in a bad way, but not good movies in a good way. Yes. And just like Trump, like, dude, you should just admit you failed. Just admit you failed. Stop making excuses. Oh, the Chinese and the Italians and Cesar Chavez uh, stole the votes. And, oh, I actually won by 80 bajillion points. No, you fucking lost. You fucking lost over there. You lost. And you over there made shitty movies. Just admit
0: it. Yeah. Okay?
1: And then I, we can all fucking...
0: I, I, I enjoyed some of these stupid elements that I found in this movie until I lost interest. Okay? Yeah. One. First... Yeah. Do you really need the car chaser, Or has anybody thought of getting out of their car, walking up to the other car, and being like, "Look, I know you're following me," and then stab their radiator three or four times? You know, yeah. And get on with yeah. your day. But anyway, yeah. okay, we have to have a car chase. Great, whatever.
2: You have to have a fruit stand in the car. Chase.
0: And you have to have a fruit. S- I'm pretty sure that's a law. You have to have a fruit stand. Yeah. But anyway, even
2: if it's lumber.
0: But anyway, now now the bad guy is chasing you on foot. You have shot him twice. He is still after you. Okay. You then shoot him a third time through a block of ice for no reason except that this would look cool. No reason. Yep. And then that same bullet hits a guy and goes through him. No, that bullet <laughs> yeah. maybe falls at that guy's feet after you shot through a block of fucking ice. Hey, what
1: were all those blocks uh, of ice? I'd hate to, I'd hate to come to the defense of a movie, but in that scene, he fired two shots in six it's succession. Yeah, and the first one went through the ice, then fell, and then the second one went through the hole that the first one made, and then went through his chest. Oh, okay. Okay. Attention to this one stupid aspect of the film. And at first, at first glance, I'm like, that wouldn't have gone through the ice and also through him. Oh, wait, he did make two shots. It's like, who shot nice guy Eddie? And it's like, okay, there were two shots. You just didn't he- hear the two shots, but there were two. Okay,
0: more. but even still, you still shot the guy twice, Okay. And he didn't die. So, my takeaway is that the evil that has been unleashed and is possessing people, they can only be killed in proximity to fish. Ooh. So, that was the first rule established.
2: That was my idea. Hello.
0: Yes. Uh, And then we have... We have the, the, the pirates, the bad guy and the pirates no. in the giant gold case that is hiding within it the ancient evil to which the pirates rationalize, if it's encased in gold, it must be really valuable. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so then they release the ancient evil, and they leave the gold sarcophagus behind. Yes. I mean, it's still solid yes. fucking gold, bitches. I'm taking it. It's still it. gold. It's still fucking gold. Yeah, let's get some hacksaws and chop this fucker up and... We're going partying. But no, so that didn't happen. They just, you know, released the ancient evil and... The crusty old guy found something. It was riddled with stupidity. You know? Yeah. Stupidity, even before you realized... Tara reed was in it
1: yeah oh, was that the, girl Tara the girl reed feeling? fucking Tara yes. reed
3: uh, okay
1: okay uh, yeah that's all i have on this week's film if anything it was too much you know but we are nearing the end game here where the next the next few weeks are going to be the worst of the worst and with that in mind, I am so happy to announce that next week, okay, uh, for the podcast, I'm going to be hanging out, hanging out, hanging out with my family. Yes, having ourselves a party, just hanging out, hanging out, hanging out with my family. Having ourselves a party! So everyone better have a coat hanger next week. Because next week, we're doing one of my favorite bad movies of all
2: time. Birdemic Shock and Terror! Oh, see, here oh. I thought you were going to do back out portions. Okay. Nice, Nice,
1: nice uh, clothes hanger reference. We have never done Birdemic before.
3: Ever. That
1: amazes me. And I'm so excited to finally do it. Ah, so excited.
3: Eleanor, I
1: got you. Move over, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Move over,
3: because
1: now there's birdemic. These birds explode. Marker. So it's even scarier than Alfred Hitchcock. Super excited. Ah! It'll be on the shared cough-cough in, like, I don't know, 20 minutes for you. Okay. ever. Great acting. Great CGI. Oh, my goodness. It's like you're right there with the birds. Uh, Great, uh, totally realistic gunshots. Uh, And you'll never look at close hangers the same way again. Oh, man. Such a great movie. The acting is top-notch. I'm so excited to be doing this movie. That is next week. But now that I'm looking back at this week, man, I lost my notes. Uh, There they are. The ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. Norman Fell. Christian Slater. uh, Turkish propaganda. CM Punk. I gotta say, I think that this has been... A pretty good episode of the podcast.
0: This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. Good, 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 because I I feel the same
1: way, but I didn't want to say anything because you're the person who makes that distinction and not me, and I didn't want to step on your toes. But yes, I concur with your decision,
0: good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams, and I am Reverend
1: Steve, and on behalf of Eleanor and Natasha and Maxwell and Bella and everyone else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you
2: do twelve lessons
1: And you crap
2: butts. And you
1: crack butts? Crack crap Okay. Yes, Eleanor? Cookies. Cookies. Okay. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Skiddy-bop-a-doo-wow.
2: Cut and print. And play our cookies. That's
3: a Yes.